yo, yo, guys. Welcome back to In The Frame Podcast, episode 42. It's your boy, Alberto Mendoza. And tonight's guest is a very special one. It's actually our first female guest, Stormy Kadar out of Cleveland, Ohio. This is a special one, guys. You're gonna, you guys are going to want some uh, take some notes on this one for sure. She pretty much talks about how she went traveling the world right after high school and ends up in San Diego, California, and picks up a camera during the pandemic and becomes a full-time freelance videographer. It's a pretty cool story. Um, so, yes, like I said, take some notes. We dropped some gems in this episode. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and leave a comment down below. Take a screenshot of the podcast and uh, put it on your Instagram and tag us. And so, yes, this is going to be a sick episode. Can't wait for you guys to listen. Catch you in the episode. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 42 of In The Frame Podcast. With us today, we have Stormy, videographer from San Diego. No, nope, from, oh, sorry, from San from Diego. Cleveland, Ohio. LeBron James is rolling over right Let's now. Let's go. First things first. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, guys. Cheers. Ah, that's good stuff. There we go. Stormy, dude, what is going on? Uh, our yeah. first female, female videographer, content creator uh, in the podcast. Uh, Let's go. How do you feel, I guess? I feel extremely honored. Yeah, I've been following both of you guys for a while now on Instagram and just honored to be in front of such an amazing videographer and photographer and to Appreciate be, I guess, you. representing the female uh, essence on your podcast. That's awesome. Thanks it's, for having me and creating space for it. Hell yeah, because like yeah. we don't personally, I know creators, <laughs> but now like, people that do photography or videography. I just know people that do like curate content, but like not in like our world, more like, I don't even know how to describe it, but. Influencer? Yeah, I mean, are those, I guess. It's they a are, blurry I line. Guess, yeah, it's exactly. A blurry line. I, but I'm talking yeah. about people behind the camera that are actually, they know their camera settings. They go full manual mode. They know lenses and whatnot. Like we, we don't know too many of those. And the fact that you just popped up on Instagram somehow randomly and I'm like, oh shit, like, Fuck it, give it a follow. Like hell yeah. Like we we, we want to like branch out a little bit more. And the fact that you're now here sitting, we've been trying to make this happen for a few weeks now. But now that you're sitting here, is like it's fucking dope. Yeah, it's surreal. <laughs> I can only say it's surreal. I never thought that I, you know, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. So we'd be let's here start in San from the Diego beginning. Here. So where are you from, and how did you get in this creative space? Okay, so I'm Stormy from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and I'm gonna do a long story short, but it is it. it is an interesting story. Please um, tell. So I grew up in a small suburban town and I would say I've always been a very creative, artistic person. That part of Cleveland, everything below it is cornfields, is straight mm-hmm. cornfields. But the city of Cleveland is very, there's a lot of ingenuity and creativity there because we got nothing to do. We got no mountains. We got no beaches. We just We're got college to do football. Something. That's it. <laughs> we just got college football and we burn buses occasionally. <laughs> um, and so I grew up in the school and I love photography and video actually. I've always loved film and I grew up a YouTube kid um, back when there was like random videos that went viral there, not just travel vlogs or right. what have you, like more artistic things. And I just didn't have anybody that did photo and video around me. So I had a camera, but I never went into anything other than auto settings and what have you. So mm-hmm. I graduated high school and I decided I'm going to go on a gap year to New Zealand because my family, they weren't legacies of anything. Yeah. They were yeah. older. They sure. didn't have any plan for me. But, you know, I had done well in school. I just like, I'm just going to go for a year off. I don't know what I want to do. I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I don't want to waste $60,000. I'll just, right. just go. And what was your, I guess, your profession, if you want to say? Like, were you, were you just working at regular jobs or? Yeah. So I went over and I had one contact over there. And I just said, as long as I got a legal working holiday visa that I applied for, 
if I just work a minimum wage job, even in a grocery store, sure. I have enough savings and what have you to just make it work somehow. Right. You know, even if I if I dip below a certain amount of savings, I'll just fly home and I have that emergency fund. Right. So I hitchhiked around the country Damn. and I worked in a lot of hostels and hotels. Wait, wait, how, how old jobs. are you? How old are you right now? So I'm 23 years old. Yeah. So uh, how old are you? How old? How old are you then when you were doing this hitchhiking? I was 18. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I think so you, I gave my parents a heart attack. So you said New Zealand? <laughs> yeah, New Zealand. That's, that's his dream that's, spot. That's my fiance's really? in mind. Like, are you guys Lord of the Rings anyway. fans? No, is that why? No, we just like we both happen to like it there, and not a lot of people go there because it's obviously expensive. So, so elaborate more. Like, okay, you get to New Zealand, New Zealand, and then what? So I get to New Zealand. I'm staying with this pastor in this place called Queenstown. And, um, you know, fresh 18-year-old, never been really much outside of Cleveland. And I'm meeting people from Italy and Europe. And my mind's just completely expanding. Right. And I met this girl in this hostel. And she's like, yeah, I've been hitchhiking around. She's probably 30, like older, well-traveled. And I remember I was walking along the town. And I see her on the beach. And I jump over this barrier. And I say, how did you hitchhike? Tell me what you did. And I think this will trail over into like videography, kind okay. of the same Secrets. sentiments as well. Um, and she kind of told me like, you take a picture of the license plate and you, you know, you do it in a safe way, but it's, it's like the seventies. My parents, they're 65. They're a bit older now that I'm 23. They hitchhiked back when it was considered safe in the States. Sure. I so, did a fair share of hitchhiking um, in Mexico. So I yeah. kind of get it. Oh, let's like, share some hitchhiking yeah. stories. Oh, was that the cartel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great anyway it was great i learned a lot i lived vicariously through a lot of people who had you know lived longer than i had and who had made mistakes and i think an 18 year old in america if you go straight to college you're just getting the life stories of people who are also 18 years old who maybe haven't made as many mistakes right um so you're getting real world experience i got yeah and i wanted to go i wanted to test american education i had a teacher Mr. Gaba, if you're listening to this. It is. It goes the middle finger. If you go to Gap, <laughs> my pointer finger. If you go to New Zealand, aren't you worried that you're going to be behind in the race for jobs? Sure. And I told Mr. Gaba, I said, listen, if a 24-year-old, if I lose my job to a 24-year-old and I'm 23, I will take back everything I ever said about going on this gap year and what have you. So it's pretty cool now. But... um. Anyway, I just wanted to test American education. I wanted to live a year raw and edit it. I went off all social media. Um, really? I wanted it to be the people that I met and the experiences that I did. I wanted to, it to be not motivated by anything except for living purely in the moment. Right. Um, I thought that was so important. And I thought it, that it was at the same time, 2016, as you guys have maybe seen the YouTube wave of travel vloggers. Yeah. That's when everything popped off. And mm -hmm. people who got into that scene early... I mean, they're famous today. Lost they LeBlanc, are getting Sam people. Colder, Louis. Yeah. Uncle Louis. Yeah. So I, I saw that happening and I considered it. I had a Canon at the time, like a T3i. Um, and I just said, no, I for one year of my life, just go off the grid. Um, Literally. So And that year would later affect everything and ev every way that I kind of run my life. Um, I got back from that year and... Then took sequential gap years. I was enrolled in school, but I just still didn't know what I wanted to do. What were you studying? So I originally wanted to study humanities. Okay. Um, I grew up like a uh, Christian in Ohio and kind of like a more traditional childhood. And I was going to study humanities in Colorado. And then I ended up not doing that. And I think if I could go back now, I'd study journalism because okay. I love documentary filmmaking. I love to write. Um, 
but I went lived in DC. I lived kind of other places. I worked for two years on the cruise ships, as I told you before. Mm-hmm. And I always had in my the back of my mind, though, I'm going to continue to save if I want to go back to school, if I want to learn a trade, or if I want to invest in my own business. So that's dope. Kind of when COVID hit, I was like, let's take up videography. Let's do it. Let's well, finally do it. Before we get to the videography, let's elaborate more on the um, on the <laughs> yeah. uh, the cruise uh, get you, you landed on. Like, how how is that experience? Is it kind of like that one show that Below Deck? Is it kind of like that? Or <laughs> I know it's a little off topic, guys, but fuck it, we're here. So. Is like, it how like, did you get into that? Like, like, fuck it, let me try that. Like, how did you find that job? Yeah. yeah. All that. So I was living in D.C. This is my second gap year. How many gap years are you? <laughs> That's so tight. I mean, I guess my life is just a perpetual gap year at this point. Sure. Um, and I'm wondering, what the hell am I going to do with my life? You know, working for minimum wage. And I'm like, I love to travel. And I love a community aspect. I felt like the community aspect, I think you had said, like, you had gone to college and had that community Mm -hmm. you felt like when you were there and i I wanted that so i was like a cruise ship might be might be a good option for me to go to and right it is a runaround to get that job it is not hard to be qualified if you can talk on a microphone you are qualified for that job say less to get your foot foot on the deck Mm -hmm. is difficult so no, you're good. What, what kind of beer is this? <laughs> no, no free ads. No free ads. Chill, 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 chill. So you get on. How do you even get on the cruise ship in the first place? Okay, so I applied three different ways. Mm-hmm. First, you just apply the traditional way: cruise ships, carnival, cruiselines.com, activity host. I want to be activity host because you kind of are jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to do all the fun competitions on board. And apply traditional sent in my resume, didn't hear anything back for I think a month. Sure. And I was like, okay, like maybe there's another way. And so I found um, this recruitment agency, which is like a middleman, like an affiliate for Carnival Cruise Lines. And I sent her my resume. Mm -hmm. We love you. We love your resume. I ended up making this cheesy video of me like hosting how to paddleboard because I was mm-hmm. working for a paddleboard company at okay. that time gotcha. and saying a weird little thing on my ukulele. It was really <laughs> cheesy and I deleted it off my hard drive eternally. You can find it nowhere. You can't Damn. find it anywhere. <laughs> well, we all have those videos, right? That of we put unlisted on YouTube. And we hope they're gone from cyberspace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we love you, but there's like a huge waiting list. I waited another month. Mm. And finally, I saw on Facebook on this group, we're having live auditions in Toronto, Ontario. So I was like, I messaged my affiliate and said, well, I'm seven hours from there from Cleveland. Is there any way you can get me on this list? I can drive up. And she said, yeah, actually I can. I'll put you on the list. Drive up like May 1st. Drove up to Toronto, the worst traffic I've ever experienced in my life. Canadians who say you have a relaxed life. It's not true in Toronto. And tried out. um, And now, you know, three months later, I had my foot on deck. You're not sure that you have the job until your foot touches the deck. Right. Um, And I get on board and it's the wild west out there. It's like nothing that you could ever imagine. You can't compare anything to it like it on land. You work every day for six months. Um, you're, but you do see the world though, you right? You see the world. You travel to Puerto Rico and Cozumel and you get to get off the ship for a few hours. You see guests that are just like in pure vacation mode at its finest. Throwing microphones at you. Drunker than you've ever seen them. Damn. You really saw all of it. So Damn. everyone should go on a cruise once in their life. No matter who you are, 
whether you like mountains or like beaches or your preferred vacation, just once you should go. <laughs> Dope. So yeah. like once you once you did your, would you do like mm-hmm. what six months or? So my first contract, I did seven months, okay. and I didn't pace myself at the crew bar. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't pace yourself? So we have this crew bar, right? For all the members, there's like a thousand crew, three thousand guests, and drinks are a dollar for crew members. Damn. And it's Damn. crew only. So, so you went ham. Yeah, so I went. I didn't. I didn't go to college, so I missed out on that period of my life, and I felt like a little bit of FOMO. So um, you walled yeah. out. You you go till five a.m. and then you wake up at six a.m. to let all the guests off the cruise ships, and you, and you do that for seven months, and it catches up to you surprisingly. Yeah. So so once you once you get off, uh, once you're like, all right, I'm over the crew life. What's your next step? And and how old are you, by the way, when you're when, at this point? So the way I got over cruise life was not my choice. Okay. COVID hit. No, you got fired. Just kidding. <laughs> no. It's like, so, you're, you're drinking too much, girl. You're gone. I'm trying to remember if there's any point where I thought I would be fired. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so COVID um, hits. So but this, they is, will so this leave, is recent yeah. then. This is last yeah, year. this is recent. Um, so March 8th, my contract, my six-month contract ends out of Miami. We did Puerto Rico and St. Thomas, beautiful destinations, Belize. Um and COVID hits and my contract ends and I go back home and then we really feel the gravity on the cruise ship. Everything is like a bubble. You d- you're not really hearing about politics or any of that. Nothing really matters. Right. Um, so we didn't really know the severity of COVID. I get off, I go home. I find myself living with my, my parents after five years, kind of traveling on my own. And I have another friend from Montenegro, Sonia, who got stuck on board for a hundred days. They locked anyone where they took all the guests off and at first, I was really jealous. I was like, a cruise with no guest? We get to go to all the areas that we didn't get to go before. Yeah, right. We get to go down the water slide. Yeah, right. We get to have tacos. It was the best. But then, you know, the dark disposition of literally being in a floating jail cell on the ocean Jeez. kicks in. Damn. And there's no help from the government um just kind of disparity and loneliness and boredom mm-hmm. um so i was very lucky that i had just missed it by three days just graves being stuck Damn. on board um but at the same time i found myself back home in cleveland with my family who i love dearly but that's not exactly where i pictured spending all of quarantine and how long that was going to be so me and my friend a few years ago we had done a road trip to all around the states from cleveland so we went to uh utah and up around LA, up, and then mm-hmm. back to Wyoming and back. Um, and so we completely missed San Diego. Yeah. Honestly, you don't really hear about San Diego too much. It's mostly San Southern Francisco. Cali- Southern California is like LA. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought, well, I want to surf. I learned to surf in between contracts a few years ago. And I can go anywhere in the States because now I have savings from my cruise contract. Where do I want to go? Oh, San Diego, you can surf. I don't want to go to LA because it's kind of this doggy dog world, like right. fast paced mentality. And the yeah. more I looked it up. Plus the time it was very, very shut down too over there. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's like a ghost town over yeah. there. I've been there. Um, San Diego is a little bit more relaxed. It's, yeah. It's relaxed. a little bit more And that's why I think I resonated with it. And when I researched more of it, it was like opening up a Christmas present. It was like, what? It has this and this, and they included this. So San Diego's yeah. very low key, man. It's I feel really like cool. it's, still, like, it's still a hidden gem. In and America. you're born and raised here, Alberto, yeah, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And could you ever imagine living somewhere else? I, I mean, where else would you go? The only place I could think of myself living would be like possibly LA if like the demand is crazy there. Cause I've been, I've been like lured to go there right now, but it's like, 
But would that I, be only work motivated or would that also only be work motivated? <laughs> like lifestyle, I don't see myself. I don't like it. It's too spread out. Traffic is insane, of course. I mean, traffic is already bad here, let alone L.A., yeah. Um, and I just feel like the beaches here are just kick ass compared to there. I always tell Alberta this. I'm like, we always used to travel. I'm like, dude, I can't wait to go home. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is back home. Um, all it is different tint in the water, but yeah, this is the place to be. Like, and I feel like a lot of people now are like transplanting here because they're trying. Hell of that word, transplant. I know. There's a lot of transplants here. Like, a lot of people say, like, it is a San know, Diego's why, multi. It's a why military. Why don't you guys day. have a football team? Yeah. Why did you? Why is your home team like have a bunch of other fans? Because it's trans. Everybody wants to be here. Not just that, but like, there's a lot of shit to do in San Diego. Yes. Like, not everybody. No. And this is no offense to like the Midwest or whatever. Yeah. Like, not everyone gives a fuck about football. Like here in San Diego, we could fucking surf. We could do hiking. Yep. We could yeah. fucking drive two hours and snowboard. Um, there's just so much you could do in San Diego compared to like one town that just sports. Yeah. Yeah. So I lived in when I, I guess to tangent off of that, when I first came, I lived in a hostel for six months on 8th Avenue. Damn. How was that? That was interesting. So I, I've worked in about five hostels between New Zealand and other travels. So yeah. it was kind of nothing new. Um, but I just knew I wanted to come and not spend a whole ton of money figuring out my next chapter in life. So mm-hmm. Um, if you're watching this and you love to travel, it's really common that you can often email a hostel and say, can I work five hours a day, four hours a day, housekeeping, reception, in exchange for accommodation? And you can go to Barcelona, the hub of Barcelona. You can go to the hub of Amsterdam, places yeah. that maybe would be intangible otherwise and live there for six months and experience that lifestyle. So yeah, I, I do remember doing my Euro trip and uh, the people that would work at the hostels, um, they weren't even from the country. They were just like, hey, I'm just traveling here. I'm just here for six months. Decided to do a few hours here to stay for free. So that's definitely a little pro tip right there if you plan on traveling. Yeah. So once you get to San Diego and like you're in the hostel, how do you come about to like, okay, I want to do videography, photography, or whatever you want to do? Yeah, because you had mentioned that you were messing with the T3, T3i, Canon T3i. Yeah, that was years. And years are you and still messing ago. with cameras the entire time, or is it just like just to have there and you never mess with it? Until no, you, okay. I would say I didn't. It was all like auto settings, and sure. I had brought it on the cruise ship with me and didn't take one photo on Damn. it. Yikes. I had an iPhone like 5C that I would take <laughs> my little photos on with my crew member in the crew bar and things yeah. like this. Um, so as far as what, really what made delving you like, into, What made no. you like, okay, I want to I want to grasp this camera thing and make it into a living thing. Yeah. So I think, I don't know if you guys experienced it, but during COVID, I think there was a deep depression and swirl of for everyone everyone has had to kind of pivot like what is going on in the world everything is at a standstill especially in videography and photography and Mm -hmm. what have you don't have the subjects to interact with so i let myself kind of just mel oh sorry just mel on my savings Mm -hmm. and let time kind of come to me and i've always loved documentary and film and i thought well why not why not get to know? I always thought it's funny. I, I think this is how most people view photo and video is it's kind of like hieroglyphics. There's a big learning curve when you're first starting out and then everything Definitely. sequentially is like I can just build on this skill. Right. But learning aperture and exposing correctly ex- and, and frame rates is very the triangle exposure growing up. The triangle exposure. Yeah. Um, Peace still trying to learn that shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like I got him off guard. <laughs> I'll drink to that. So, um, so you get you get to San Diego, and um, what makes you like okay, like I'm gonna go. 
So I joined on accident an MLM, which I thought... <laughs> an MLM. <laughs> I'm going to keep that short, but I thought I had a good enough intuition not to join the MLM. Explain that to the creative game member. So multi-level marketing, aka a pyramid scheme. Really? You know, okay, so pyramid schemes are very apparent in the terms of like body wraps and your auntie trying to sell you like... I don't know. Yeah. This like band that will give you 3D vision at all times and what have you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so multi-level marketing is basically pyramid scheme is yeah, when I, they're just selling recruitment and that's it. Multi-level marketing is when they are selling a product and they're selling recruitment, but the product is kind of bullshit and it mostly ends up making you tor- turn towards recruitment. So the moment I found out that I was in a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. the moment I found out that that's what it was, yeah. I told the person that this is, I'm wow. not about this. Do you remember I got caught one of those one time? Um, yeah, because, and I think there was a lot <laughs> at of- At a young age too. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, there for your fucking age. meeting. I'm 23. I was like, like my parents are like, bro, like- you're gonna learn you're just so young like you think yeah. you, you think this is that, that like, yeah. well, my dad my dad does affiliate marketing like legit okay. affiliate marketing and makes mm. a good living off of it so when i heard of the word affiliate marketing i'm like this is i know this is a legit business um and it, it is a legit business being the middleman between two good things but the way that it was structured or they were just too young in their endeavor in their business plan that I think it started with good intentions, and I guess it can happen with a lot of things in life. Good intentions, but spiraled into greed and corruption. It's good old capitalism for fast. you. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so you got into that, and somehow you got into cameras. Yeah, yeah. We'll go back into cameras. I went off on a tangent. So yes, after that failed, money mm. flunked things to start COVID because I think I had FOMO from not doing college, and mm. I think that's what I don't know if you've struggled with that as well, but you feel like you're not legitimate in things until you get a degree and you're like i want to try and do it another way and you realize like wow there actually are not a lot of options so i was like okay videography and growing up in the youtube scene i realized like luckily in the 21st century i can learn everything i need to know on youtube and i think i've watched i i bought my camera i ended up i want i'm like if i'm gonna do this it's so expensive to buy the gear. Right. I'm going to buy all the gear and then I'm indebted to it and then I have to learn it. I have no other shiny object syndrome I can go away from it. Mm. And I ended up watching probably 2,000 YouTube videos. So what did you buy? <laughs> so I bought an A6000 uh-huh. at first. And then I realized I didn't have any audio capabilities. So I yeah. then upgraded to the A6400. That's Sony, guys, by the way. Yeah, Sony. And I don't know why I chose Sony. I think... So many people choose Canon, but I've always been a rebel with no cause. So I just wanted to choose Sony. What was your guys' reason for choosing? Sony? I like it because I was small and compact. Because yeah. I okay. I did it for more, only for travel yeah. stuff, travel related stuff, and it has amazing video. At the time, at 20, 2021, like every camera has great um, video functions. But at the time, like but like four years ago, not all cameras were created the same and equal. So like the Sony's had amazing video capabilities compared to Canons mm-hmm. at that time. And that's why I got. That's why I stuck with Sony. This cat, bro. You saw me get the A six thousand. This no. was an icon head, and I remember <laughs> fun for Louis was like, "Oh, Sony, Sony," because he had the A seven S two when it when it barely came out. And I remember getting the A six thousand, and Alberto was doing with the Nikon. And I was like, "Shit, I might, get the, I might get the big brother, the, the starter D thirty three hundred or whatever." And then I remember it was my mom's camera. To be fair, it wasn't mine. <laughs> I got the um, what did I get? Brand. The A six thousand with the Gorilla Pod. All this like yeah. the, the wait, fucking, you got it all in one kit? Yeah, no, no, no. I like he's uh, bought it separate. But my cousin okay. worked at Best Buy, so he's like, "Why don't you get this, bro?" It's like 
He just seventy percent off. Sold him. No, because he was he was. You at Best Buy? They they can't know everything about everything. He was getting everything seventy percent off. So like, if I got the e mic email, it was like hundred bucks, but I got it for forty bucks. Yeah. So it was under everything under his name, and I got it for like seven hundred bucks. Got the e mic, Mike, the Gorilla Pod, the body, and the kit lens. He thought it was gonna be a vlogger for a second. And I was like, and I remember saying to Alberto, I'm like, dude, like let's go. We went to Breakwater. We vlogged and. And know, it never like, went out. Yeah, I was like, like, yo, stick your hand out with the with the email mic and let me test see like out. that test it out and like talk and like we were doing it. And then um yeah, but that's that how did, we that did branch my curiosity to Sony because I saw how small and compact I'm like, dude, this is a sick it camera. Small. It's c- compared to my well my mom's Nikon. It was so small, like, holy shit. And then I did my research on YouTube and I'm like, all right, I want better video features. I want to be like future proof. I want 4K and 4K back then was rare. And so like 6300 was the main thing to go this is before 6500 yeah so i got the 6300 and uh yeah i've been rocking i still got the 6300 it's right here that's one plan right now and then i eventually once i got a little bit more serious i got a full frame which that's the next thing you need to do that's get. the next thing that i'm gonna do guys <clears throat> but but sony just out of uh, fun for louis like you said he traveled yeah. also in new zealand and he he like did kind of what you did like um freestyled it kind of like hitchhiked hitchhiked to like bands like yo like he he like legit went to a band and was like yo i do videography like would you trade for like shelter yeah and he went like and got shelter for video and that's how he got started so you straight out just be like all right let me just let me try videography just threw a dart out there yeah yeah that's so basically. that's like the first time i've ever heard of that and i think because i've always had an artistic eye so i've always been i when i thought about humanities as well i also thought about journalism i've always been a very good writer and a very good um in my mind visual i would listen to you know how you listen to a song and you picture the music video to that song dude every time i've always been that but yeah actually orally and this is a this i think this is an uncomfortable thing and a good uncomfortable thing for me is i've always been a bad i think oral storyteller Mm. so um videography was my way to express myself visually and comfortably and be able to edit and same thing with like journalism if you're able to edit and refine your words versus when you get up there in public speak not so much and what i love what attracted me about videography i I would say over photography and Mm. peter you may disagree um i've always been a big fan of vice if you've seen them on youtube they're kind of like the video journalism voice there complex um grace neutral is a great host on there and i think more so than photo, video is kind of a tool for empathy. Um, more so than a photo, you can hear the sounds and feel the emotion and hear the cries and the story of someone. And then I think that creates like an interchange within the viewer that can be like, oh, we're we're more related than we think we are and can kind of be a catalyst for real action and real um, change of heart towards that person. So that's what attracted me about video was the raw grit to it yeah fuck love that yeah so as a a female videographer how how have you seen like the climate in like the whole real estate or how have you seen the videography world is it like Um, do you feel like you're you go through any like you have to go like go through hurdles mm -hmm. because i mean fuck it we're here um videography is more of a male dominant sport um so you being a female like how has that been for you like as you far as space, like a challenge do you feel like it's an extra hurdle you have to go through like yeah. what do you what do you feel and like express yourself as much as you can hey this is open space so yeah so in general when i first came to san diego growing up in cleveland i was very scared 
I'm like, I'm about to enter this videography space, not just because it's male dominant, but in general, because LA is associated with San Diego, Southern California. It's a doggy dog world. Sure. And I was very intimidated. And I was like, who am I to even enter this space? Like as my first year in videography. And what I found mostly with videographers in the area is I'm friends with most of them. Most of them are super cool. Tight. Um, we all have our own individual style. There's plenty of work to go around and they've been really sweet. What I found with clients is it either goes one or two ways. Mm. It's, oh my gosh, a female videographer. I want to hire you because you have that feminine intuition. You have a different perspective on things, which mm. I appreciate, which is, which is awesome that right. that's a thing. And so many people have paved the way for me to, I almost feel like it's too easy for me to enter it. It's, People have told me, um, I'm doing a course by Mark Bone, a documentary course, and he's told me, now is the perfect time to be an ethnic person and a woman in videography. Um, people are looking for that for film festivals, and that's that's awesome. People have paved the way before me. Um, and, or it's gone the other way, where I think there's been an, an avenue, and I don't want a victim mentality here, is that it's been an easy avenue for people to take advantage of the fact that I'm a female in videography. I could imagine that. So yeah. elaborate a little bit more on Mark Bone. Who Who is he? I've never heard of him. Yeah, so I've always been a YouTube kid. Um, uh, Mark Bone is a documentary filmmaker, legitimate. He also directs ads for Nike as well as like small indie films. Um, and I have always loved video journalism. I think video journalism is raw and gritty. My dream job, I think, if I could project myself five years in the future, what real is estate is awesome. Uh, doing things for brands is awesome, but if I could be sent off to like Korea to get some niche story of someone so making, you're, you're more of a document filmmaker. That's like the goal you're trying to go for right now. Long term, yeah. yeah. The passion project. You know, you do what you can for, of course, income and a way of life, which I, I do think is real estate, and right. I am passionate about architecture. But you know, you have those long term goals in mind of what you see for yourself, as and, you should. Um, after working on the cruise ships and interviewing people, and I just think living kind of a um, interesting upbringing and seeing kind of the raw truths of life to go and to tell the story of the underdog in another country, um, people whose stories are not told because they don't have the finances to do so, mm -hmm. that would be my goal. And right. that's, I think, what fits me and my personality best. So I signed up for this documentary course because I didn't go to college. People often are like, what five hundred dollars a thousand dollars for a documentary course from a youtuber i'm like i didn't go to college for ninety thousand dollars a year who got what's a thousand dollars to go and do that you like know sam, to possibly sam, end up sam, on like Netflix. sam colder's what the heck sam colder yeah. there's like yeah he, he charges like less than two grand like about a thousand not bucks. even buffner charges like three grand for like four weeks or yeah something. and full-time filmmaker yeah. too they don't cost it's fucking so what i love about sam colder too is he he actually only has like Compared to Peter McKinnon or some of the other YouTubers who we've probably all learned from at some point on YouTube, he only has like a million subscribers on YouTube, which I've never been a huge numbers person. But what I like about admire about him is he also takes a step back to just enjoy life. He is an excellent artisan at his craft, but he also is like, well, fuck, like. I'm also going to enjoy life. I'm not going to just grind. Yo, so fucking hilarious you're saying this because literally two episodes ago, Pete's hey. killing hold Sam Colder. Killing. My boy. Yo, fuck this My guy, boy. bro. All he does is ad videos. My he boy. stopped working. He fell My in boy. love. He My stopped guy. working. Albert, Alberto, we're recording this, but the episode has not gone live, so Stormy has not like 
listened to that yet. So that's it two weeks ago. Um, fuck. What was I gonna say? I mean, I'm not like I. I am inspired by everybody, and I, you know, I think like everyone. You put your own twist on it. Right. So I'm not total fangirl of anyone, but, right. you know, I can take inspiration from everybody. Oh, of course. So. Uh, but going back to the, the Sam Kohler thing, I do agree where we were discussing this, like, yo, like people expect, I feel like in this social media world, like you expect heat after heat after heat at a consistent rate. How are you going to go on Instagram? You got to post four or five pictures a week. You got to post stories every single day. It's yeah, it's a freaking full time job in order to grow. Yeah. And you're hoping you're going to grow. It's it doesn't just happen. And then um, you have to worry about becoming getting on Insta- influence of the wild when you're actually doing <laughs> of the when you're actually doing legitimate work. For yeah. I've never worried about landing on Instagram or in- influencer in the wild. I always troll my friends. Like, I'll, like I, didn't, I didn't even hear about it. So so many talk about like behind the scenes <laughs> off the record. We we're talking about it like. I told Albert, I told you, Stormy, like when me and Alberto used to skimboard, and like when we started getting into she it, not stop. Like, you got the giggles. The craziest well, stuff. Like, you yeah. do see some, like you see some stuff that is notary, notable it's, to actually put on there. But I feel like me and you maybe were on it, like if we were to be on it, like before it got ago. cool. Yeah, like we, I would always tell Alberto, I'm like, dude, like they're they're looking at us, bro. It's like don't fucking worry about it, Pete. Like just do it. I'm like fuck it, let's do it. But what's like the craziest thing you've ever done on a shoot where you thought like is somebody looking at me? Film this guy doing a 360 on a skateboard and the fucking pier right here, like at midday. Like did yo, you pull off it? Did you pull oh, it off? Oh, facts. Come on, off. We were like, we're like, we kept telling each other like, yo, it's ESPN, bro. Just picture ESPN <laughs> filming you. We're gonna go viral. Don't worry about it. That's we, legit we, what we said. That's we the worst when you gotta it. have 50 takes to take it, and everybody knows like. This guy can't really do it. He's just depending. But on we were really, we were that good, Stormy. Like we were like that good. <laughs> Don't gas us on like that. No, we were. We were like <laughs> we like, had people at the pier literally just watching us. Yeah, they were like just like leaning on the pier and be like, "Oh shit, what are they doing?" How many like, takes? No takes. Like one yeah, take. Man, come on, we were fucking dope. Like yeah, yeah, chill, chill, like chill, chill. we would, we would like we would um. Hey, born and raised in gas San Diego. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. We would gas each other. We're getting off topic though. Um. Okay, Fuck, female and, females in videography. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm honored. I'm extremely honored to be that you guys. Um, <laughs> I think Alberto and you reached out to me to yeah. kind of be the first female videographer on your podcast, and I'm so thankful for. And I didn't know you were. I thought you were from here. <clears throat> yeah, until we met you. Like, oh, I'm, you're from Cleveland. Yeah, what and the that's hell? the goal. You do what the locals do, right? Like I when s- I first when I first got into videography, and I was so worried about having the website and having the LinkedIn and da 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 da. And this girl was like, just make an Instagram. And luckily, in the 21st century, there's so many facets to market there, and that's. You should have a website, but right. that's all you technically need. Mine's still under construction. Yeah, <laughs> for the past six months. That's okay, that's okay. Boy. That's all right. All you need is a few. You know, all you need is a few good clients. True, true, true. Um, but but have you have you like yeah. have you noticed any hurdles you have to like jump to? Like as far as you were, you did mention like for some reason when I when I asked you the question, I assumed videographers <laughs> would kind of like shove you around like yo fuck off. Yeah. But you went the opposite way. Like yo, they're all my friends. We became friends. Yeah, and the clients could be either amazing or dicks, and take advantage of my gender, which is so stupid. I say, and, and that's like, what har- what's hard is separating: are they taking taking advantage of me or pushing my boundaries because of my gender, or because they get an air that I'm newer at videography? Like, what is it, or the way that I'm conducting myself? And if I could give any advice for, please, please do, you know. Female videographers in particular or videographers that are new in general is to um, 
you know, I'm always someone is that you should be who you are, but also you should kind of fake it till you make it and dress the part, hold an air to them, like call them on the phone. And before a photo shoot, like what I would do is just like, oh yeah, you want me to shoot at 2 p.m.? Okay, I just show up at 2 p.m. and I'm filming this house. I know I'm getting paid X amount of money. Like hop on the phone with them and conduct yourself in a serious manner where you're like, hey, like what needs to be featured in this house? What do you want the TV screens to look like? Okay, I'm gonna be here for an hour and anything outside of that hour, let me know and then I will then adjust the price and I will adjust my pre-production thoughts to then match that. Um, And I don't know if it was because I was female or because I was a newer videographer and maybe wasn't giving off that air, but I just felt like I've always been a very trusting person which is hard because I realize that people will push your boundaries if you don't make them clear from the get-go. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn, and mm-hmm. I wish I had learned it sooner. Um, but I'm kind of glad I went through it. Damn, so. that's that's a real thing. Set the boundaries off the rip. And it's so hard because you don't want to take a chance of losing that potential client, especially if you're a hungry artist. And I love what you said uh, yeah. about being personable. Like, you got to call and be like, yo, this is my voice. Like, yo, like, yo, dog, yeah. I'm serious. Like, yeah. Let's do it. Because like, I'm from the Midwest, nice. right? So we are, we, and I, I would say we take a different approach than Californians. I've worked Built with a different. lot of people born and raised. No, mm-hmm. no offense taken, but we want to be everybody's friends. We say hi when we're on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, we want to go kind of above and beyond. Cheerio. over deliver, Undervalue over deliver. But it gets to this point where it's like you give someone an inch and they take a mile. Absolutely. And when you're trying to pay your rent and make a living, and this is a serious craft that you put so much time and effort to. to, um, So many people, too. Another piece of advice is they're going to look at you, whether you do hourly or I recommend starting out at package prices when you first start. They're going to be like, what? $50, X, $50 an hour? You're making triple than a grocery store worker. It's not just about um, it's not just about the hourly rate in terms of like you going there for an hour. Right. It's all the the gear costs thousands of dollars. The software takes thousands of dollars. My favorite analogy, whether this is a real story or not, Vincent Van Gogh walks into a cafe, and some prestigious man asks him, "Hey, here's a napkin. Can you draw me a picture?" And he draws the picture in thirty seconds. And he, the guy goes, well, how much is this going to cost? How much can I give you? And Vincent Van Gogh goes, $5,000. And the guy goes, what? You're kidding me. For 30 seconds? $5,000? Like, that's more than I make and da 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 And Vincent Van Gogh goes, do you know how long that took me to be able to do it in 30 seconds? And I think that's how you can summarize it. Parts of the August. fucking week. Yo, 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 this girl out here spitting right now. IGTV? <laughs> Oh, here comes our micro fuck? clip right here. Hey, I thought about my little IGTV snippet from Let's season. Go. If you make it in a minute, uh, probably like 35, we're going to get Wild Wild West in here. Wild and out MTV. Let's go. No, I like that. I've heard that, I've heard that before. But yeah, things. like it's something that it, it goes back to educating the client. Like, hey, dude, you're not paying for the 30, 45 minutes of shooting. Um, two years ago that shit would take me three hours you're paying for my fucking expertise and my my experience and when i first started out the clients that i partnered with that knew i was just starting out because i think that's also important for your first set of clients i told them like if something takes me five hours but i know that if when i level up it's gonna take me three hours i wouldn't increase the price and that's i don't know that's something like 
when you're just starting out, you kind of want that more open relationship with your first like three clients. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you're like at ease with the editing process. But because, um, you know, you don't want to, if you're doing hourly, you don't want to be like, oh, this is going to take me eight hours. And it's then going to cost you $800 when a pro videographer could maybe do it in 30 minutes because you've reached that right. thing. So right. it's, yeah. a, it's a balance. I, I would stay away from the hourly rate, guys. If you're, yeah, what would you if, recommend? Dude, fucking... <laughs> It's so hard to say. You got to figure out the project. I would say stick with your Van Gogh. Like, yeah. what the f- like, like, yo, like this is taking me years. I feel like this is I can accomplish this in two hours when I know some newbie can do it in five hours. Yeah, I'm not charge you this yeah. much. Yeah, I'm at the point where like to the point where if I will not take a gig lower than X amount of dollars, like, yo, man, super interesting in your project. Let's make mm-hmm. something happen. Let's have, let's have a phone call. Let's, let's talk about the real details and the finances of course yeah. and it's like yeah man this is my budget it's 200 dollars mike and this bro, is what don't i make admire. me laugh right now like i was like yeah i could i could send you this project to someone who could do it for 200 bucks if anything like I, to and me it's not worth it we've had past guests who like off record will tell us like like we'll but you're putting on record pro- right now <laughs> off record we'll, we'll say numbers and we're like holy shit like that sounds nice like yeah you should keep with that yeah and then they'll tell us like I don't know if they're going to go for it. I'm like, dude, keep with that number. Yeah. Because it's worth your time. Yeah. And this is what I admire about, I think, the videography community is like, obviously, you're not going to give off all the tricks of the trade. You're not going to tell everyone exactly. I think a lot of videographers don't put the prices out there. Like, there, there is some secrecy to it. But there is also a lot of, like, constructive openness about, like, bro, like, hey, listen, if we all do $50 shoots, et cetera, if we all undervalue ourselves, mm-hmm. that's, just gonna, that's also going to lead to the undervalue of myself yeah. because that's going to trickle down and they're going to show up. I'm going to yep. show up to a shoot yep. with Alberto and then be like, oh, well, I know I know Stormy will do this for $35. Yep. No, and, and that's something that's we stress. Down. Yeah, so that's show. why we, I feel like in San Diego especially, we all have each other's backs in some capacity in terms of like, Yo, I'm not gonna tell you everything that I'm doing, but you should value yourself in Facts. general. Yeah, that's something I I stress on this podcast. We preach like, that. We preach that. We're like, if you're a photographer and have experience, like, don't charge under 150 dollars for a session. And even that's, that's a all the cart. Yeah. That's all the cart. Like, so how did you guys learn how to price? Did someone tell it, you this? No, or what exp- happened? Experience. experience. Tell me. Experience. experience. It's yeah. hard to say. Being behind that computer and being like, I'm spending three hours, bro, and I charge two hundred dollars, and you get to know it and. You want to reciprocate that to other creatives who are like, yo, I spent this much of hours and I charged only $200 and I gave 10 photos. And I, till this day, yeah. I see people saying, I'm having a $50 special, 20 <laughs> photos for a two-hour session. I'm yeah. like, what the Does that fuck kill you? you? It just kills you. Clearly. Look at his expression. At the yeah. beginning, it, it did kill me. And I wanted okay, to- Okay, what just, did Lutz do to you? What did what did like apps like Visco and- Nothing really. Shit like- um, I, I saw the trend. Photos and I saw a different it, beast. No, it- like i'm glad you brought that up like lutz or like um orange purple rain or whatever the fuck you want to <laughs> call it the, the same the same out, the blown, the you're bringing out highlight. prince into the this yeah. jesus prince that, is that was like over presets overexposed orange look was like oh i'm seeing this a lot it still is the trend right now and what do you know like those people i think people are bored of it yeah no uh, they, yeah. they're becoming bored of it they're becoming like yo dog like i charge they charge me 200 dollars for like three hour session and 30 photos and i see fucking 40 motherfuckers out there with the same photos as me yeah. like what's going on here like they're kind of evolving off of that and then that's why i told alberto i'm like I'm, i need to do something to like separate myself from this and that's when i picked up the light game and all this so and what i noticed too is i think 
using in conjunction. So, for example, I do videography mainly, and I would like to do videography mainly. But I do go off and I do the photography, and I enjoy the photography every once in a while. Um, but I see, like, you two work in conjunction with each other, whereas a photographer complements a videographer. Yeah. Would you recommend that that kind of yin and yang exists in a professional relationship for that, other? <laughs> that goes to, like... Um, Yo, come with that COVID, bro. That's, like, more like... Um, <laughs> Because I told you, I told you, I've, I've said this in the podcast before. Like Alberto's been my ride or die. He's he's open. He's opened doors with me. He's opened doors for me that I haven't accepted because that was my ego, right? I said no, and this is my time to be like, okay, now I'm at a level where like, hey, like come, like it, it's a client where it's high enough to where you can benefit. Come yeah. come with me and and offer them something that they can be like, okay, like I like this dogs like work like he's mm-hmm. fucking he's a beast let me hire you and he's been offered maybe not his price but either way like i'm, I'm still doing a service yeah. I'm, I'm paying the yeah. i'm yeah. paying that service forth i'm like yo like you help me out let me help you out and, and it's like you're spreading my name too yeah. so that's like the real value outside of the money exchange even though course. he doesn't get the job like because so, it's not worth yeah. his time like he's like getting his name out there what what do you say and have you ever been asked oh can you do this job just for exposure Oh yeah, I just I, I literally respond with the LOL. Yeah. I'm like exposure don't pay bills, bro. Yeah, I expo- me and Alberto are at the point where like exposure, dude. It, it yeah, I'm past that point. Don't like, do yeah. that. Don't. And and going back to where you're saying like, how do you like know when you rate rate yourself? Once you stop thinking about the money and you start <laughs> valuing your time more than the money, mm-hmm. dude. Like my time is everything. Like if yeah. I spend time with somebody, it's like in the back of my mind is like, bro, like. You're, you got to be special because I'm spending fucking my time with you where I could be doing this instead of, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like yeah. once you start valuing your time a lot more, things fucking switch and change for you. I feel like at this point now we're like if somebody were to be like, yo, my exposure is your pay. It's an insult. You, no, you got to be a celebrity. Yeah. You got to be a celebrity with. You like, got to be like the rock. So yeah. Insulting. Yeah. 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 But at this point, me and Alberta at the point where like me and him would be like, yo, like this is an exposure thing. Go, LOL. So like, how do you get honest. across the value? And I think that's if anything that I could say to new videographers, that's the hardest thing for me is. Even as an artistic person, when I then took up videography and learned what entailed in the post-production, my mind was blown. And I consider myself an artistic person. So getting across that value to someone who has no foot in the realm of uh, artisan, craft, what have you, how do you do that? Wait, wait. So you're saying, when is it? How do you get across the value of what you do and how you've perfected your craft? I feel like um and why that's, it's X all, money. that's kind of um to interpretation for me yeah. it was when can i have three shoots a month where i can pay my rent granted my rent is split with my girl right so i pay a hefty amount because i live by the beach so if i can make my rent and three shoots that's worth my time that's a w yeah and and like alberto says like i've alberto's throwing clients at me and been like like nah bro like i'm good i don't want to i don't want to tell Alberto like don't like this is not worth my time. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'll take clients who are like, in a month, I can pay my rent because that's worth my time and my investment. And I've talked about this in the pod where like, I put a, a lot of, of time and sacrifice into my edits where I make them as unique as possible. I make them a piece of, I make them a piece of art. Like, you know what I mean? And if it's, if it's that, I feel it's enough. So that, that's for me, like where I can, suffice my rent and then that's when i make it worth anything above that of course i can take more work but right now like i've talked to past potters like it's but how do you show your clients 
that this is worth X amount. It's worth every cent of X amount of money. Oh, just like by telling me you're right. Um, recently, like if you heard the past potters, I, I charge a la carte. So I charge a session fee. No photos included. Yeah. Yo, this is my session fee for an hour. As many fits you can fit in this hour. This is what I charge. Past that, per photo, this is what it costs. Well, when people say like, oh man, I could just slap a lot on that raw photo. Yeah. Like, what is your rebuttal? Rebuttal. rebuttal. Yeah. I tell them I was like, I was like, my Alberta and Maya's rebuttal has been, I can refer you to another person, and then um, if you like their work, that's that's enough. That fits your budget. We all, me and him, have been in this fucking universe for a long time, so we can rebuttal with a lot of uh, workers who yeah. um, we feel as not 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 to mm-hmm. talk shit to their to the work, but like we feel like, hey man, like this fits your style and this fits your budget. Like let's do that. Um, obviously, there's realms to to all that level like a budgeting and. Like, and when you say this to them, are you feeling any qualm as well? I think. When I first started out, I was like, I want to be their friend. I want to I want to be a philanthropist. I want to help them Well, out. you're being their friend. You are being their friend. Stormy, you got to remember that you're helping them. Either yeah. way, by recommending them somebody yeah. that you think okay. is a I plan B. That. And yeah. um, that's the way I think about it. I don't think about it as like, damn, you can't afford me. Like, fuck, go with this fucking C yeah. level. No, it's like yeah. a B level. And um, there's plenty of people who are learning. And that's the part where you, you come up with where like, how much are you charging bro don't charge that like like keep the market a stable place mm-hmm. like that's why it's, it's yeah. really frustrating when i see people that do a video for 300, 300 bucks i'm like bro no you're fucking bro, work, bro like your work is worth way more mm-hmm. is way is worth way more than a thousand dollars just off the and rip. when i entered i was really i was actually always been aware of how am i affecting the market because i remember i saw this graph and it was like majority of videographers are making this and there's like a not really a middle class, and the other videographers are making this. And I'm like, let's build the fucking like middle class. Like, I gotta see why this the graph. fuck is that? I gotta see this graph. Yeah, no, it. and I, and maybe it's not so true because like people don't report the things, but right. yeah, like we're in it for each other. And like, it's not like we're in it for each other, and like we're just like driving up the price for no reason. It's like it is worth that yeah. amount of money. Yeah. Like it is a profession. There it should a, be there, taken seriously. There was a point where music videos would cost legit fifty yeah. to a hundred thousand dollars, and I now miss, they're worth. I like, wish I had. I wish I had grown up in the. <laughs> more days when those videos were yeah like, and now <laughs> music videos could be worth up to three hundred dollars imagine like, doing a video for blink 182 and getting paid like twenty thousand dollars to do it bro like, that would have been cool and like someone like i said like i've seen you work recently and like your color grading has gone up the quality in general you. like seriously, and i was like the whoa. fact that you just the Thanks. fact that you're saying that you just started when covid started is like bro it's just kind of mind-blowing yeah. to me and i do feel like um i've ran very hard to get to where i am a lot of sleepless nights a lot of youtube videos um a lot of trial and error a lot of mistakes and getting out there and uh, again to new videographers is get out there and do overexposed shots like if you even know what that is and make mistakes and film anything and everything film the person making the flowers at the farmer's market because my that was my first video in overexposed flower market in Italy. um and but you learned that lesson though, like oh yeah. now I know never to overexpose. Yeah. And now then it's need, so ingrained. Yeah, in and your now head. I need to figure out how to read an ins- yeah. a histogram. And once you read that histogram, you'll yeah. never over- overexpose yourself. Thank mm-hmm. God I didn't just buy a course and buy the best, very best gear. Like I bought the A sixty four hundred, which is like professional, it, yeah. but it's not. It's no like red or right. like what have you that people think you need to make. 
Um, I'll tell you this much: like when I saw your footage, yeah. like you recently one with that drink. Oh, that, that babe, shit was babe hard. Kombucha. I was Shout like, out I, was, kombucha. I was like, I love it. I really do. <laughs> I was like, you shot that with AC four hundred. Like I was on a demon. Like what the fuck is that? Like what? And so this is another thing from videographers. I'm sorry, but a lot of people ask me. They're like, oh my gosh, that the, the first compliment me. They'll say your video was so good. I loved your video. And then they'll ask me, what lens did you use? Lenses. And what camera did you use? I'll tell them one lens. And I'll tell them my A6400. And then all of a sudden, they say, oh my gosh, you're not using the A7S3. Oh my gosh, like you need to upgrade your gear. I'm like, wait a minute. You just complimented my work. And now you're talking shit about gear. Now you're backtracking. What I even use. So <laughs> it really is about the content. And I, I purposely did that. I was like, I feel like we've lost a bit of the ingenuity in terms of we got all Definitely. these, no offense, but trust fund babies buying the best gear, the best gimbal, the best drone. And they're making low than par work. They're yeah. making the most simplistic it's, shit it's ever. It's like the most like and the, they're it's like the yeah. one on one shit. Like people think like the gear <laughs> they think gear, expensive, fancy gear is gonna make the great product. Like, bro, like I could literally make yeah. a dope video with my fucking iPhone eleven. Yeah. Like it give me any fucking camera, a foreign camera, can a Nikon or a freaking Canon. I could be, I could make some fucking heat. So do you guys think that iPhones will surpass videography? Vi- uh, a true camera? Uh, I no, don't think so. I don't think so. Not um, in the near future. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great cameras, but like there is a de- there is a drastic difference when it comes to the like the image. Like yeah. I don't know, like a full depth frame sensor. The depth of yeah. field is like everything to me. Like, when I, I see those reels, were like captured on the iphone 12 but like, they're trying to make- they're trying to sell to yeah. a younger audience yeah. that doesn't have that budget to spend a thousand dollars on a camera or 500 bucks on a camera exactly everyone has an iphone but i think it all boils down to seriousness because i and i will say i have lost clients to the iphone 12 but that's so whack but but the fact is and this is what i've told clients that i also work with social media with is how serious are you about your brand and about the return on investment yeah. and about you know how people perceive you? Because I, I didn't believe this before, but perception is everything. So if everybody knows you're just taking your your pictures on your iPhone 12 and you're not actually hiring someone who has like the eye and the perspective and the tailoring of what you need and what your brand is, sure. um, how serious are people going to take you and your right. business? And what is the return on investment for that? So That's one thing I do on my, on my visuals account, my professional account. I always answer the question to the, my audience like are you ready to elevate yourself are you yep. ready to elevate your content from yep. a typical iphone to something to, and someone here him or her that has a vision and knows how to fucking get to the level that you're trying to get to besides a typical iphone i see so many going to real estate so many cheesy real estate videos of just iphone selfies like, hey guys shaky today footage. shaky footage it's like cringe it's like bro like I, I'll give you props for trying to make content because creating content t- is, is, is definitely a, is a step, but like creating dope content and you just can't expect the numbers that you're trying to get with just a bum ass iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Like I've said, like I've told Alberto, I'm like, if I was a millionaire, which I'm close to being, <laughs> if I was a millionaire and I saw, I saw some of some real estate agent with the iPhone fucking front camera going around the fucking Mansion. walk through walk through yeah like, yo this is the fucking foyer this is the kitchen this is the island blah 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 and then i saw a motherfucker yo this is the fucking thing blah 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 this is the fucking place 
with the A7S3, like, I would buy from the A7S3. I wouldn't, the fucking guy with the phone, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, is this a part-time <laughs> job or what's what's the deal? Okay, not going to lie to on I don't know what music software you use, but I use Artlist. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I actually have a playlist called Cheesy Real Estate Video. <laughs> oh, God. I, 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 use Art, I use Artlist, so I might need that freaking link. <laughs> I used to use um <laughs> They love it. They eat that uh, shit out. The they love it. Called? Okay, Stormy, so um, how would you go about and educating clients um on your worth or you're trying to figure that out i mean you could be honest with us man it's like yeah because you this technically is your first year doing it which is so fucking nuts but you fucking elevated like boom yeah that's actually i got a better question let's backtrack a little bit once you got into the camera world how were you able to land your first client like were you reaching out to people sending a million dms mm, doing free work which i mean there's nothing wrong with that so yeah get, get that experience going so and that's another uh, so i've again i've always been aware of the industry and not wanting to undercut the industry but again everybody starts somewhere and yeah. everybody starts this creative endeavor through mm. doing free work so yeah. i was lucky enough to have a friend that was a realtor in san diego um, and he was also just starting out in real estate okay. and this was before I had bought my camera and it was still in the packaging. And somehow he said to me, I want you to start making videos for me and I'm going to trust you to just pick up that camera and to start to learn. Damn. And it kind of lit a fire under my butt. And I think with anything in life is you have to find your why. If you don't have that motivation, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be difficult for you to be motivated to do something. So I kind of made this skit in my head like, well, I have to... You know, I want to present him in a good light. So I kind of have to go through A, B, and C and, you know, let myself make mistakes. But I want it to be quality and I want my work to help out other people mm-hmm. um, and not just be quality for the sake of it. But it could actually, I think that's the hardest thing is like learning that your work can actually help people in their business, in their life. And I mean, it is, there is a reason. It's not just like an influencer world. Absolutely. So yeah, he was my first client and i don't even know what gave him the idea that i would he didn't know me too well again i just moved to san diego but i guess he saw something in me that said this girl can is personable and can photograph and video uh, video people in a scene and has the eye for it and yeah I, i made a lot of shitty videos and i did a lot of work for free i i was um you know, hit up on Instagram by people and I didn't know how the hell to price myself and I, I didn't want to undercut myself and I also didn't want to turn down a client. So I'm sure I did a lot of work for, uh, you know, I did a lot of $65 videos that probably now looking back on them should have been $2,000. Yeah, I mean, you got to go through, um, you got to go through, that you gotta go through the trenches. And I, I think another point too is I didn't want to be that videographer that um, from what I've seen is five years is like that jump to expert, like, I'm a complete expert in my field. There's still always something to learn. Videography is a lifelong endeavor in terms of special effects. But I've seen a lot of videographers who have, now that I follow them, no judge, but they've gotten to this five-year mark and they're still at this one-year plateau in terms of pricing, in terms of skill level. And I didn't want to be that videographer. And so I told myself, I'm just going to keep running and keep upping my clientele and I'm not going to stop until, um, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop in general. Hell yeah. And I feel like from the fucking get go, I just met you like 30 minutes ago. Like your personal skills are outstanding. Yeah. Like, like you were, like you opened the conversation like, oh, what's up? My name is Stormy. You came in super like, like 
you don't even know us and you're yeah. just fucking yeah. super chill like off the rip I was like damn all right she's cool then like she's you I was a little nervous i was like fuck like hopefully she's like cool like because we're fuck around we fuck around we were pretty yeah. laid back here they, they held back they told me they held back the locker room talk <laughs> i guess the female videographer comes on board and they get a little nervous <laughs> no but we we appreciate your energy because that's the energy we we look forward to yeah. I'm, I'm i'm so damn happy yeah. to have you, you on hell yeah on air. Yeah, yeah definitely um that do you want to talk about i know you talked about a little bit on social media in terms of like let's say like instagram compression mm-hmm. and whatnot like you want to dabble into that like like where do you post yeah. like do you only post clients homework because i know you said you're you want to get into the doc style videos mm-hmm. um narrative style like where is that work at or has it not been produced yet like are you practicing yeah. in your own personal craft and throwing mm-hmm. them on instagram or is it just clients homework because from what i've seen mm-hmm. and i don't know if you have a personal account i don't know if the one I that i follow you that. is just your business account because you just post you post clients all work yeah. So if you want to elaborate more on that. Um, so, so yeah, um, when I was first figuring out, um, videography is so much more than ECI, of course, than pressing record and then uploading it and then completely posting it. There's color grading, there's post-production, there's music, there's audio, there's so many factors. And when I first, you know, you have, you edit this video and you're just starting out in videography, you have this beautiful, it's crisp, it's got the blurry background and the bokeh, it's, the audio is great, the background's great, the slow-mo's great, and you upload it to Instagram and it's this pixelated Mario Kart looking <laughs> Mario shit. Mario Kart? On the, I don't know. I don't know why. It's like it came from N64? Like, 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 like 80s Mario Kart, not like, not like now Mario like Nintendo? Mario, like Nintendo Mario Kart. We're talking about like Game Boy or something. Um, and you're like, fuck, like, and... You got to, it's insane. Like I went on Reddit, of course, and looked up like export settings. And the craziest thing, like you might have an entirely different export than I do. Yeah. But our work seems like probably on Instagram, like to be comparable. Um, So kind of going through that maze of like the fact that everybody does something differently and just like you kind of go with it. And I made a burner. I would suggest this to anybody for that work with clients, especially you make a burner account that's on private on Instagram, on every social network that you work on. You post that to that first, you check the image quality, and then you send it to your client. Okay. Pro tip, guys. Pro tip. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there's always things like sometimes Instagram goes goes through a glitch. And I'll look at like Alberto stuff and I'll look at this stuff and be like, okay. And I'll tell my client, hey, Instagram's going through a glitch. This is also affecting their image quality as well. So you just, it's this constant perpetual, like you want to make sure you're doing your research right. on these things, on export settings and what have you. Wow. Um, but I forgot your, what, what was your initial question as well um, as export settings? No, no, but and, I do like that though. Uh, yeah. As far as, no, but I agree with the export settings. I've been going through this problem since fucking 2016, honestly. Like yeah. how to export the perfect video. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a million YouTube export videos and they all have different. I've seen people that put fucking 4K. I'm like, bro, how do you do that? I've seen yeah. people do match high bit rate. Pass and one time or pass two times. Exactly. Or CB, a CBR. Like, it's like, dude, and there is no perfect setting. Yeah. Like, I told Alberto, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, bro, like, your shit looks gra- grainy as fuck. It's like, I don't know. This is Adobe. And then, like, I see fucking Sam Colder's fucking honestly, wave video, okay. 720. I'm like, this. I, I will say this. I honestly believe the people that have a larger following have better quality, image quality, like upload yep. quality. I will say that. Yep. It's something yep. that's never been said that I know. I've never seen this anywhere yep. else. Okay, but it's like a conspiracy theory that yeah. I have. Like people yep. that have larger followings, they always have quality, beautiful images. And I feel like that's not an accident. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I, I agree with that on video because I seen Sam Calder and when he was like, this was shot in 720p, 180. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I sent it to you. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is a wave. This is a lot of pixels Solution, going through yeah, it. Yeah. And then I saw Manny Ortiz. He was like, I don't know how the fuck this happened, but this this image came blurry. And then I'm like, bro, like maybe you had your Lightroom settings wrong because I've it's happened to me where like yeah. where people have have like suggested on the video or, or YouTube channels or whatever, like yo, like you don't need 300 megapixels per square inch. Um, just do 70. So yeah. then I upload to Instagram. And I'm like, yo, does my shit look blurry, bro? It's like, yeah, bro, like hella blurry. I'm yeah. like, fuck, shit, can't. I should have kept with thirty million. And I've done trial and error, and that's one thing that that goes back to having a burner account because I've I've heard of that years ago. I just to me, that's way too much energy, yeah, like, to, for me to spend. But yeah. like, I, I understand why people do it though. Like, yeah. you have that burner account, you drop, you I mean, drop it there. It's the same thing with aperture. Like a certain point, you just know that that shit's in focus. Yeah, and yeah. you don't need to like double check it in your monitor or yeah. you know, it mm-hmm. just comes with time. I think. Yeah. And right. Um, so uh, back to the doc style narrative that you're trying to reach yeah, to. Have you been yeah. have you been slowly working on that? Yeah. So I've been taking the documentary course, the Art of Documentary by Mark Bone, YouTuber, and I've started Affili- uh, affiliate link down below in the description. Affiliate link. <laughs> I'm the That'd be up. cool. I'm all about that passive income. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think people have thought that I was a hippie. Like Stormy doesn't care about money. Stormy's a free spirit. I'm like I care a lot about my financial. <laughs> Bitch, link me, especially living here in San so, Diego. Like, especially you need living money. here in San Diego. Yeah. That's right. Um, and so I've had this documentary written down for about two years now, some ideas, Damn. um, and it's now just coming into fruition, um, by meeting the right people and kind of letting it come to you. I think whenever, especially in creative, you try and force something and it's, you, you do have to, it's this kind of hippy dippy stuff, let it manifest and let it come to you and mm-hmm. creator's block, writer's block is real. Um, so I won't, I won't give too much away. Yeah, of course. Um, because I, I do think there's a lot of, and it's funny when you're researching documentary, I almost haven't watched a lot of documentaries on this particular topic, um, which I think I put in my story. It's roller skating um, because I don't want to. Do you ever feel like you're inspired by something so much that you're almost qualmed to or copy do it. to copy it? Yeah. And I didn't want that to happen. So I feel like that's me, why me and Alberto always in the same boat. I, that's why Pete likes to laugh at me. I stopped watching travel films on purpose because <laughs> I don't want to fucking low key yeah. copy an accident. Like yeah. it just happens. I've, I've sent them shit about like travel films. Like I'm not gonna watch it because everybody like, right. copies someone to a certain extent. Like it's hard to be a pioneer, especially yeah. in the 2020. And 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 I told her, I'm like respects. Like I've told her, I'm like respects because I'm the same way. Like he sent me a photo. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like cool. And then it's like <laughs> I'm yeah. like wow hater. I'm like nah, bro. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna commentate because I don't wanna dig in too much and get aspiration and then yeah. that influence my work. Like mm-hmm. I, this is why I started this podcast, though, brother, because me and him are, are are super similar. Where we'll be like, yo, like you might like this, and be like, nah, like cool. We'll keep it short. But like nah, that's cool. Like whatever. And be like, nah, I don't wanna I don't wanna like. And not to be a hater too. Yeah, like, we're not just... we're not hating. We're like. We want to keep it original. How often do you guys criticize each other? You know, you're technically two completely different films, but if you don't know, like I think photo and video are completely different realms. Yeah, like yeah. they have similar intertwines, like as far as like exposure settings and yeah. what have you. But we don't we um, don't criticize much. Uh, people ask me like, "Yo, what do you think about the shot?" Constructively, constructively. Yeah, we'll 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 do that. But mm-hmm. for nowadays, like I feel like he knows who to hit up when mm-hmm. he he has video questions and i know who to hit up when i have video que- or photo, photo questions 
And um, yeah, it was just, just yeah. a respect. What's thing. a product you guys have worked on together that you're like both? I don't know. You were feeling the flow. The podcast. I was gonna say the uh, potter. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah. We'll we, have we, times where we're like, we're like, yo, like this doesn't fit our feed. Alberto's a mastermind with the feed and all that, and um, he knows how to build a brand. So at yeah. times there will be times where I'm like, yo, this doesn't fit my brand, but like this fits like the feed and yeah. how it grows the company. So I'm gonna trust you. Or with like that. we like critique each other on like, yo, you're saying this word too many times, kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Like I go bro, with him and he, and he goes with me. Like I've started to say bro considerably more amount of times. Yeah, you're, you're definitely from San Diego. Now. I embrace it. I embrace it. <laughs> you're yeah. San Diego now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but it's a it's all a give or take. Um, there's always me and Alberto have this chemistry where we're like we know what to. All right. Like, yo, bro, like, chill on this, chill on this, chill on that, chill on that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a good chemistry. Yeah. And this is why I think we're on episode number 42, baby. Botsky number 42. Yep. With you, Sorry. So. so what advice would, and again, like, I think I've been hesitant towards, this is my first year in videography, but I've ran really fast. And what advice would you give me or anyone else out there? Um, I'm 23 years old and you guys are... 30 in your in your 30s and you've been doing videography considerably longer what's something you wish you would have told your 23 year old self i I would say um go to apple podcast go in the frame podcast and subscribe (laughs) and listen to one through 42 unsubscribe (laughs) no um as far as i would say uh, just concentrate as a photographer for a videographer um concentrate on the story don't concentrate Mm. on the effects the flashiness yeah don't um and other expensive than that, camera gear don't yeah. fucking care about that like like i said stormy you're drinking kombucha or whatever it was <laughs> like the color grading and the storyline like i was like whoa fuck like, i was kind of i was shocked i ain't gonna yeah. lie yeah. the fact that you're saying this is your first year videography is like bro what like i was like <laughs> that was an a plus like that's i, I just say keep Thank up you. their creativity and uh focus on the small details that other videographers don't look at and um yeah, I will pick it back off what Pete said. Like, focus on those small details for sure. Like yeah. those little details, like sure. framing, symmetry. Mm-hmm. Like, I study the fucking great filmmakers out there. I just love framing. Um, it's something that's very undervalued, in my opinion. Yeah, it's easy to put someone in the dead center, but like, I like putting them off on the on the right thirds and the yeah. left thirds, and have that dead space there intentionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe have that background blur. <laughs> um, just those fine details. Um. Yeah, that will make you stick out from the rest of the masses. I actually just read about this in the in the course that I'm taking is a beginner mistake is putting everything in the dead center. Super easy to do that. And then I, I think what the coolest thing about videography is, surprisingly, I never grew up watching a lot of movies. I just saw my first Quentin Tarantino movie two weeks ago. Please don't tell me it's not Pulp Fiction. It was Django Unchained. Okay, that's an oh, amazing group. It's amazing I somehow film. couldn't make it past Pulp Fiction. I don't know if I'm just <laughs> a de- degenerate. All the movie, or, all the movie buffs are going to kill you right now in the comments. I know. But... Um, um, yeah, it's 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 amazing how now I watch films and I watch anything. Yeah, and you do watch it with an artistic eye, like, oh, I wonder how they had their lighting. Oh man, and I'm asking those I wonder what the pre-production was like. How did they get this person? How did they get Joe Exotic to tell all these deep secrets? Like, right. there was so well, much pre-stuff happening behind the scenes that I just now appreciate that I think as the average consumer watch with watches with like a glazed over like this is just how it is it's yeah just, everybody tells their but stuff like, and this is exactly how this just happens it's, it's and, an art to it and like even um, you could probably um piggyback on this like asking questions like when you do like interview style like ask the right questions to make them open up you gotta mm-hmm. make them feel comfortable enough to sit with you yeah. and actually express themselves instead of just being cold-hearted a lot of pre-production you know like you can't just yeah. have somebody out there and be like yo like tell your deeper secrets go ahead do it like this is gonna make a good story, and it doesn't happen mm-hmm. like that. Like 
the pre-production has a lot to do with it. I'm sure. Alberta Even knows. though we don't do pre-production in this we powder, don't. but this is a, this is a little different freestyle like conversation. Um, yeah. But like even I guess you could technically call it pre-production. We just sat down for like 30 minutes prior to going on air. We just got to know each other, get a feel for each other, get that chemistry mm-hmm. built to the point where you feel comfortable enough to like open up to us. I mean, it's because we're fucking strangers to you. And that's where yeah. social media is so cool. Like I think social media is a tool because I. I I want to go off of it for a long time. I was like, I'm going to go off the grid. Like, I don't need this shit. But it's a tool for... Where am I going with this? It's a, it's a tool for leveraging, like, connections with other people. Like, this is where it matters. If that if that tool leads to a connection with people, mm-hmm. leads to someone improving their business and getting their amazing product out to other people, getting that amazing house out to other people, that's what it's all for, well, in my opinion. That's the whole point of yeah. social network. Yeah. So that brings me up to my next question. Like, how do you deal with, like, um, networking? So how, okay, so you come to San Diego. How do you build connections and how do you um, elaborate on uh, your network? Yeah, so I think um, when I first came to San Diego and wanted to get in videography, I was very, I think as everybody does, like this kind of mad scramble on Google and Reddit and YouTube, like how to network. Um, and it's, it's hard because you, you don't want to come off across, you don't want to come across as like desperate and hungry for money and hungry for clients and hungry to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also want to keep, like, I try and keep a very personable air and I would give that to an- advice to anybody is like throughout my whole career, I hope to be very personable and I hope to be adding true value to my clients, um, and to be changing their life in that way. Um, but also be know- knowing when like a client is also going to serve me in terms of like my portfolio. Like, can I, I think we mentioned before, like, can I add this to my portfolio? And the answer is I've done a lot of work outside of what I've posted on Instagram. But, um, and that's where I think quality is always over quantity. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to look out for yourself as well. Um, but I was very worried about that. And I, I ended up reaching out to videographers outside of my competition Um, What does that mean? So instead of reaching out to the videographer in San Diego, where we may be at competition for the same client, I reached out to videographers in Texas and videographers in LA, which now I'm realizing LA is a little bit closer and we we can commute that three hours. It's a long commute and I do it sometimes. Um, And I, I did just start asking them questions like, what setting do you use and what and you kind of have to i would also give advice to you need to do the grunt work up front you know i've I've had friends ask me like oh my gosh you've come so far like can you teach me everything you know like i guess i'm like i can't teach you five thousand youtube videos in one hour nor do i want to or have the time to so um you can kind of tell when like if now if someone came up to me and they were in the same position i was months and months ago and they just asked me like a few questions like then you're more willing to give them advice because you're like they have put in the grunt work right and they just need that next elevation maybe that next piece of advice that will take them to the next level so like you give anyone advice it's like reach out to people after you've actually put in the work and maybe you're just at a standstill and stuck on how to what what those next steps are i I totally agree like you got to be respectful of that person's time because if you're asking a stupid ass questions like Yo, what picture profile do you use, bro? It's like, dude, you could figure that shit out on your own on fucking YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. if if you did, if you tried 
figuring out that answer on all avenues on social media or fucking YouTube or in, on the internet in general, and you still don't know this freaking answer, then yeah, for sure, reach out, explore all and, avenues, and then yeah. and then let them know like, yo, bro, I've tried figuring this out on my own. Like, I I would do this if I were you guys. Like, I tried figuring this out, man, and I still can't figure it out, man. How did you do this specific blah 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 blah? Don't ask the most generic shit like, yo, was that sixty frames or one twenty? Like, come on, man, like. Figure it out, like trial and error. Not only that, but I feel like part of the frustration as a not saying we're all pioneers, but sometimes you'll post something on your story, right? And um, that that uh, that person trying to learn will miss that and be like, "Yo, bro, what's what speed? What um, what's your shutter speed? What's your shutter speed, bro?" And I'm like, "Bro, I legit said this in my story." And I legit said what light I was using. I said everything, and you fucking didn't look at it. Like I said, what lens lazy, I use? You know? I use what camera body? Yeah. Freaking! You always talk about the light. You're like doing free ads for that. Sometimes, light at this sometimes point. I'll be like, I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of something. I can't respond to this really quick because I legit. I'll straight you, up tell them. I'll yeah. be like, you know, I've spent so I've looked. At, I've spent so much headache looking this up. Like you can do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and especially when it's there for free. It's like, come yeah. on, for man. Free. And then they look at you like, like, wow, you're an asshole. Like you're too cool for school. I'm and like, no, bro. And, like, and I see why, like, fucking older generations hate our asshole. generation. Older generations hate the our generation because we're the entitled fucking generation. I can kind of see that, but it's like, bro, come on, man. Like the the freaking information is out there for free. Like, figure mm-hmm. it out first. No- if you really cannot freaking figure it out, then yeah, sure, ask. Like. But be respectful of their time, man. That's all. I, that's all I say. Yeah, and I think that's another thing. As I run, technically, and I, it's weird because it almost doesn't feel like you're running your own business. But freelancing, when you start to take on, okay, now it's just one gig a week. Oh shit, now it's two. Oh my gosh, it's five. Oh my gosh, now I'm turning away clients, and your phone is dinging off the hook. And I love my friends. I love my friends dearly. I have, I have some amazing people and supporters in my life. But I've had to tell them, like, look, like, I only have enough bandwidth. My my clients are first. Every day I put out a sheet of paper. And they have this, like, I learned this from the MLM. <laughs> you put this mm-hmm. white piece of paper and blue pen. And I'll write down, like, business. And I'll be like, what do I have to do today? And that is my number one priority. And if I can't get that accomplished, then I'm sorry, I can't always respond to my friends right away. Sure. Um, so I think that was another thing to learn too, is like, what is your priority? Um, and those people who are also asking for help, it's like, you you have to take care of yourself first and then you can then answer those people who are Absolutely. like on the way up and as you should. Right, yeah. Um, do you have a way of like, how are you able to, <laughs> let's talk about like a little bit of your, since you're a freelance, and you're still technically fairly new to this like structure how do you structure your day how do you balance it from <coughs> yo work mode is off i need to recover like i need chill i need me time i need how do you avoid burnout? I, need, I need a self mm-hmm. self care day i almost said self-medicate yeah. <laughs> self-care day like how do you like balance that that's a great question yeah um so I haven't always been an early riser a morning person so sometimes like if i need to do client stuff or like edit 5 a.m. Oh wow. 6 a.m. Oh. And people no, and people at look at that time. like, oh my gosh. It's like, but I also go to bed at 10 p.m. You so, go to you go to bed at 10 p.m. 10 p. I try. Damn. Sometimes I mean, if I have client work, like I will stay up and like push it. Like there's right. been many times we have a deadline where I have fallen asleep at my computer because like I don't get how Elon Musk Musk does it. I physically pass out. Yeah, cocaine. I've heard it be like. <laughs> I remember be like, don't forget. It's like, yo, Pete, like you like it on this. I'm like, dude, like it's late. Like, chill. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. 
Um, I'll be telling them, like, yo, I'm going to sleep at 9.30, bro. And then I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'll post, like, at 6 a.m. It's like, yo, wait, what the fuck? You're fucking up the algorithm. Like, oh, it's just chill, bro. I'm switching it up. But I get what you're saying. Like, sometimes you got to wake up early. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to wake up early, too, because, like, I'm so ready to go. My brain is most always throughout my entire life of 23 years. My brain is most active at that time. And you can't send a client email at 6 a.m. Like, mm-hmm. you can. But I think I've read in my life that 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. is the appropriate time to possibly send it. Even 9 Shit, even 9 p.m. is a stretch. Yeah, that, that, I was going to say that's a stretch. Maybe 6. But email is with more of the implication that you're going to respond in the coming day. Right. Versus text is like a more immediate thing. So, uh, you know, 9 p.m. is like, yeah, pushing it. But um, so, so 6 a.m. Like I, I wake up is the morning. Is the morning. Gotcha. Um, and I try and do like my yoga and my working out. I do think that is very important. So you do work out. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, I do. Out. Okay. Um, and I think videographer posture is a real thing and it definitely has affected me. I like how we both, we both feel like yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're hunched over in this thing and your back hurts after like a two hour shoot. You have to be very conscientious yeah. of it because especially editing, like I'm a laptop editor. I don't know if you guys are desktop editors or standing desk editors. I wish I had a stand- yeah. standing desk. Mm-hmm. Standing desk would monitor. change my life. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. This is a little off topic. I want to actually keep going with your um with your routine. Okay, I- so my routine, do that. I write down and I look at my thing like, okay, I check my emails. What emails do I need to respond to? What do I need to send people over this app called WeTransfer? Like what materials like Instagram or something that my client needs to put out? Um, and then I will do like, I post on social media for, for a few clients. I'll check their socials, make sure that everything's um, in order there. And then I'll always set aside a time to reach out to new clients, um, you know, warm leads and cold leads and um, engagement. I'd I like to genuinely like be like, oh, that's like a cool post. Like that's right. like um, I think it's very important to not just market on social media, but to also be involved in the community, like like someone's social, stuff. If they know? think it's if you think it's rad as yeah. fuck, like tell them that it's rad as fuck and don't always expect to get business out of it um it's just i've always been about community in that respect so being personable on that level of my routine as well um i do i i would say that um when i get overwhelmed or like adhd i'll just go for a surf at any hour of the day that's one of the pros of being a freelancer is you get to you do decide to make your own hours but i try and be diligent in doing at least eight to ten hours a day and sometimes it's more than that. And I think a lot of my friends think like, oh, you're a freelancer. You can work whenever. You can go out to eat whenever. You can do whatever. It's like if I go throughout a day and I know I only put two hours into emails, into reaching out to new leads, into editing, into learning a new skill, I only put two hours out of the whole day, I feel like complete shit. Right. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. How do you like self-discipline yourself? Fucking make it happen. You make it happen. <laughs> I, I, yeah. There's no fucking, there is no... Um, magic wand where shit happens like no you just make it happen dude like you just gotta fucking be disciplined but when you but were I first do have, out, yeah but i do have like we talked about the other episode i do have my vacation day or hour mm-hmm. where i'll grab my one wheel like i did today go to a coffee shop <laughs> get some fucking vitamin d and have the sun hit my face and it, it just feels amazing i feel more alive mm-hmm. and for some i caught myself today at the coffee shop just freaking uh responding to all, all my like emails and dms like voice messages like i just wanted to speak want voice messages are the shit so it's such an underrated fucking tool man it's you know what's funny when voice posted, messages when we posted that things like voice you you should uh, my mariachi started hitting me up voice messages there you go my, my Wait, your mariachi yeah because i was like they were gonna get hired <laughs> for my that? wedding 
And I was like, whoa, like I had like three, Don't four messages. Voice yeah. messages is so it's such They're an under, it's still an underrated tool mm-hmm. because that's when they get to hear you, they get to know me. And I even did that I even did that with you when I asked you to be in the podcast. Like mm-hmm. y'all like, oh fuck it, like, let's go for it. Like one, it's intimate. I prefer it. It's like it's like yo, like Swatter. they're taking the time. To like, he like you talk into the thing and um yeah. Is this a stronger connection yeah. compared to a, a basic as text DM? Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And oftentimes you can get the same. And I think the people I'm working with with just did a podcast on communication. Is you can often get something that would take six to eight text messages and condense it into a thirty Girl, second conversation. I'm all about convenience. I'm I am all about, all about convenience. Yeah, I will fucking send a, a voice text all fucking day. Because I am lazy as hell. I don't want to text for a freaking... I don't want to write a paragraph or a story or a freaking four-paragraph yep. essay. I'm like, yo... I can it's get not this. laziness. It's efficiency. Exactly. That's. And but I like to... People... Yeah, I know. I know. I've, yeah. I've had clients who... I've been on the borderline like, damn, like they're not going to hire me. They might hire me. They're iffy. And I send them that voice text and it's like, oh shit, they're personable. I'm going to hire them. Facts. And then it happens. I'm like, oh hell yeah. Pro go. tip guys, use fucking voice <laughs> messages, man. That is so clutch. Yeah. Seriously. But let's get a little nerdy. Let's talk about gear. You did mention you were rocking a Sony A6400. Mm-hmm. What's the rest of the gear that you're using? Lions. Okay, so and I think there's been a lot of hype around the Ronin, which I do eventually plan to get the Ronin, the gimbal. Yeah. You know, you want your footage to be smooth. You don't want it to have that shake. You know, and honestly, warp st- stabilizer is so annoying too, and so inconsistent to apply. <laughs> like I can, I, I can know now. But um, I'm rocking the Zion or Zion. How do you say it? Zion is Zion. I've heard it Zion. both ways. What is that? Alberta's Korean, Zion. Japanese. Zion. What nationality? I believe is that? it's Chinese. Chinese. Oh, yeah. Zion um, M2 which is okay. very hard to find, but it's very compact and small. And that's what I love about it. It's like I could go to Vietnam with a backpack this big and have like everything I need. And um, so Zion and M2, I got my drone pilot's license. So that's another thing that I did. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's not as hard as you think it is. And I think a lot of people get deterred. I beg to it's differ. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you take this test, Alberto? Yo, that shit was hard as fuck. Alberto, before you say anything else, <laughs> I studied for three days for that test and I got <laughs> Okay. And I'm not a, I'm not like Oh no, I'm, you're a great test taker. No, I'm not I, trying to I like, studied for like a week. I'm I'm curious to what was the hard part. Bam. Those fucking charts is so hard. <laughs> uh, what like, are those called? Sectional charts. Sectional charts. Sectional charts. You really have to learn about like real legit pilot stuff like if you're fucking flying a, pl- a plane like my bro first of all mil- let's talk about drones. we're never gonna yeah. fucking fly in an airport and the fact that you're asking me all these stupid ass questions about airports is like hey alberto was like see your way out of it see 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 <laughs> even then dude i missed it by two oh, damn. <laughs> okay oh, damn. so so you got your drone license and you're and what kind of drone are you using so I have a Mavic Air 2. Okay. And yeah. I got this because the guy in the hospital I was living with, he had a Mavic Air 2 and his footage looked phenomenal. And I did my research, but you yeah. know. Got you that 4K 60. Yeah, I got that 4K 60. It's been great for me. And I think a lot of the things that happens when you're new at videography is you're constantly like, should I get new gear? Like, I want to provide quality to my clients. Maybe it's not good enough. You have this like imposter syndrome. Right. Mm-hmm. And I went through a lot like, oh my gosh, maybe I need to get that drone that can actually hold like a full frame camera on, on it. Oh, you're bugging. That, <laughs> that's what was going through my mind. And then, you know, Sam Calder posted an Instagram post. I use the Mavic Air 2 for yeah. my travels. And all of a sudden you're like, 
reinvigorated. You're yeah. Like, I'm professional. Like, well, now he uses the, the right he, now he uses the S or um, whatever the fuck that shit's called. Yeah. So, um, okay, so my got- goal is to never crash, but I've clipped a palm tree once. That's nothing. Anyways, yeah. uh, lenses. What kind of glass? Yeah. So I was rocking the kit lens. 16 to 55 for go. a long while because I like it's got this like zoom it's kind of got this zoom in effect zoom. you know zoom. and people like that effect yeah. you can do it in post but mm. the moment that I bought a prime lens my life was rocked it just upside changed. down what like was your first the sharpness my 35 1.8 which on a crop sensor is about like a nifty 50 yeah, yeah. and I, I love the look of a 35 it's beautiful but i wanted something that was like extremely versatile as i was just starting out um and i read a whole bunch that 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 was it and the crispness and it's like this that was, that was my first I, I became prime. a total boca whore yeah, no, that's kind of like we all. You're shooting everything at 1.8? Everything at 1.8. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched yours and you're like 2.8 is a sweet spot. Wait, so what did you shoot that, uh, the hard kombucha? The babe? Yeah, so actually a videographer reached out to me and he's like, what lens slash lenses do you use? I'm like, I shot that all on 35 1.8. Yeah. Sony, Sony lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was, it did the job i had to stand a little farther back and you know everything's really That's close fine. up you got to make sure that if you're going to use a nifty 50 you have to make sure that your space and maybe call your client and be like how much space is there because yeah. you're Are really you working, fucked yeah if you're if in a like small, a like small this, ass you're place 50 mil, you're like, completely yeah. fucked yeah. And, yeah. and not to shit on anybody who uses like a zoom lens but <clears throat> me as a photographer i can tell when i when a when something shot on a zoom lens and something shot on a, on a prime lens, mm. videography wise, I was like, "Holy shit, that was crispy!" Thanks. Yeah. So, and how often can you like? Now I look at other videographer stuff. I'm like, I know what their uh, timeline looks like. I know what their lens looks like. Yeah. How, how often can sometimes you not tell? No, no. Seriously, like I, I, I the love, my, I love my Tamron lenses, and I, and I shoot at two point eight the entire time. But like, once you throw that fifty five one eight, which is that baby right there. Holy you shit! It just like it just looks like can, it looks like a shot in IMAX because it's closest yeah. to the hu- and that's what I love about the fifty is they say it's closest to the human eye. Yeah, so it's all about perspective. I've always Alberto, me and Alberto always have this debate. Alberto says the fifty-five Nifty is the best photography. I feel eighty-five is the best compression, which for photography, um, but it, it is up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And, um, so your studio's got to be like you have to have some distance if you're shooting at eighty-five. Yeah, no, definitely has to. I'd say at least at least to that window yeah. to the wall. How do you feel about the intimacy then with your subject? Ooh, never thought about um, that. I never thought that's a great question. Great question. That's all about you making that connection. Just how you said, you've had connections that 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 bang and some connections that don't bang. It's all about. That's when photography takes another level. Where like, okay, like how can you make the subject comfortable enough to pose in a certain way you want to pose, and I forgot what the word is called, but it's uh, di- the directive of photography or some shit. Director like, of photography? Yeah. yeah. DP? Uh, DP. You're often wearing many hats when you're in a creative um, field, for sure. And they always say, like, like, how do you make the subject so comfortable? How do you make them giggle like this? How do you, how do, you do this maternity shoot I had? How did you do this? How did you do that? It's all about connecting with the subject and make, like, yo, don't mm. trip. Fuck what everybody's looking at you. This is your time. This is your time to shine. This is going to be stapled forever. Like make it your time. You're paying mm-hmm. for you're paying for a good amount of money for your time. So make it worth your time. And then that's that's easy how it works. So what's on your guys' shooting bucket list? Um, shooting something bucket. maybe you haven't done before. 
I will love to be a director of photography for a film. Like I've expressed, I've expressed this in the past with the Potter. Um, so like in LA, like you and yeah, anywhere. Just like yeah. I love to film. I don't want to think about pre-production. I don't want to think about scripts. I don't want to think about um, getting the production as, as as like getting actors and freaking get everyone on time. Like I want to show up with the camera with my AC and I'm framing and I'm filming. That's like my fucking shit. And I definitely don't want to fucking edit. Is it hard for you? And, and I've always said that too. Like editing is my hardest thing too. Like it's hard to sit there for eight hours. And like even though I love it, it's a passion. Like it, eight hours is a long time. Yeah, like, to be sitting, sitting on a computer down. screen. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I, I, if I would find it hard and maybe I, that's just a pride thing. Giving away my work for someone else to. I I did have that um, before, but at the same time, I I realized that I was losing out on money by not taking more gigs and keeping the money flowing. So I decided to hire a fucking editor. Mm -hmm. That's someone that's that loves to edit. I'm like, bro, you love to edit. You're a unicorn. Let me give you this. Let me pay you this much, um, and yeah. we're good. So wait, I want I want to piggyback piggyback off what you just said. So you're afraid to like have your work stolen or what do you mean by that no not at all just um and I, I think that goes down to outside of videography like the artistic mind and i don't mean to be so pretentious in that sense um but as a visionary you have a certain flow of how you'd like things to go and yeah. i'm open to collaboration and thank god for that like i've had people tell me like well that's kind of like not color that the color is not really great like here let me show you this and let me mm -hmm. show you this but um, in general, I have a d idea of how I want it to go, and for that to go like a one eighty direction mm -hmm. might be difficult for me. I I would be open to it, but um, it, it would be hard if a client got back to me and was like, "This is not what I envisioned." Th this, and then th you knowing like, "Oh shit!" Like I entrusted in that in my editor, and at the very least, I can say like, "Oh shit, that was my bad. Let me fix this." Versus like now I have to worry about somebody else like. Mm. and this, telling them oh, this shit. is something that I, I i will say that i've done that i still do actually so i don't have my editor do the entire thing okay so i have him do the skeleton of the work which is like file organization um putting things in the timeline and chronological order uh, matching a mm -hmm. and b clips and synchronizing them and then from there adding the b roll so he sends me the skeleton. It's not color graded. It doesn't have text animation or anything like that. Okay. From there, I polish it and I give it my own taste, that's my good. own flair. Yeah. This is what they hired me. They wanted my style. So from here, that's where I put my style onto it. It's not formulaic exactly. completely. Exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I worry about is like. And it's something I always say. Yeah. They, they edit the skeleton of the mm -hmm. timeline, but I polish it and I make it to what they want and then i've never had a complaint so i think that's a great method yeah yeah so like i want to clarify because Alberta has always said how like he hires second hand editors and whatnot but then i'm like whoa like bro like isn't that like kind of like your job like blah 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 but then what he just clarified is like i don't i don't let them color grade because that sets your tone and then after seeing your like drink thing was like oh shit that's like really unique like i haven't is seen that the only thing peter was it? Shit, I don't know. That's that's what stood out. Like I'm being honest. Yeah, calling out. Let's go. Did you scroll farther than the first page? <laughs> I'm not sorry, Tim. That is my bad. Shit, I didn't do my homework. I was just like, this is what we have. <laughs> I was just kidding, sorry. No, but no. Hey, I, why, I don't. Why, why are you turning red? I'm not turning red. Bro. Pete, why are you turning purple? <laughs> no, sorry. 
I knew you were talented. Like since Alberta told me, like I was like, yo, like, like cool. I'm just, I'm just saying, like the artistry. Why are we laughing so? I'm just saying the artist <laughs> guys. Name, name Peter. Name one other thing that I've done. <laughs> I'm so, so, sorry, I'm giving you credit. What are you talking about? I'm saying you're really unique because yeah, should you should edit this. No, no. Delete. A marker. No, I'm kidding. These two are too too wasted. I'm the only one sober. But I'm telling you, like, I'm giving you flowers for your color grading because. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I looked at, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, <clears throat> a lot of videographers focus on transitions, mm-hmm. focus on uh, music. I will say that you, you're music. not a big, flashy, typical transition person. You really especially balance, as no. a, especially and, as a beginner, because yeah. most beginners fall in that trap of like, "Oh shit, I gotta look like fucking Matt Como, Colder, and all these guys that make the the fancy." Yeah, you're shit. really unique because, like I said, the, what grasped my attention was like, "Okay, you're really balanced. You you really care about color grading, which." For me as a photographer, that's the first thing that grasped my attention. So then after the color grading was like, okay, transitioning, okay, fine. That's like good. And then from there on, I went from A to B, C, and and D, whatever. And you were really balanced. And I was like, dope. Like, that's that's like, that's crazy for the amount of time from obviously you just recently added me. And, um, and I was like, oh, shit, she only has like. 40 30 posts like what the hell like this is insane like for like your evolution was insane so that's why i was really intrigued and that's the what the stuff i'm saying right now yeah thank you so much and um that's one of the most amazing compliments that i could receive as a videographer i think i've learned the simpler i for one i think that stems from i've never been a big fan of like cgi like i'd prefer like jaws and the cardboard boxes over like who wants to go see this is just my opinion but like who wants to go see a dinosaur movie and it's like who's scared at cgi yeah who the fuck like i'm sorry i'm not i I always think Um, like back to the dinosaur (laughs) thing like jurassic park the first one that shit was fucking scary because it was animatronic it was real like Mm -hmm. that shit was man-made instead of the newer ones where it's like it's you could clearly tell it's computerized like that shit's not scary bro like It could clearly see it's fake, you know? Yeah. So, you know, anyone can make cars explode, but I tried to have like a more artistic eye, like how can you tell a story or how can you yeah, emit exactly. an emotion versus like based on content, content rather than just cool, like, yeah, intro. Tra- people, I think people are so tired and there was a phase and I'm glad for the people that jumped on that phase where those transitions were super cool and now people are like, give me the raw shit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, and I, I just recently learned, especially in text animation, like... You watch a video and it's like, why does Comic Sans not work on a real estate video? And like, you you just realize that, wow, people are just using like the nice calligraphy on the simple shit that's already in Adobe Premiere Pro on their videos. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't got to buy, um, which I think you should eventually buy motion graphics or make your own to make like authentic real estate videos that nobody else sees. Right. But the simpler, if I could give that advice too, like the simpler the better and learn how to do simple better and then scale up from there. So like now I think I've mastered simple. Okay, now it's time for me to learn more in After Effects. Now it's time for me to step up my motion graphics and how texts appear on my videos and like continue to do that. But I'm glad I started from the bottom. Um, so I feel yeah. like that's one of the things I attracted towards you. Like, like, damn, like she got the basics and she's telling the story. Like, damn, like the sky's the limit for you. Besides her first post, right? Thanks. Okay, 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 low key, and I will admit this. My picture 
currently on my Instagram and the first picture is taken on an iPhone. And that's the thing is videographers and photographers, it's hard to sometimes like make time to get behind the, and everyone should make time, but so many, that's you. my next step. Yeah. I got you. That's I, my next I got you. step is to get professional. Like how can I be a hypocrite? But, and it is important again. And that's like taking yourself seriously and taking your brand seriously yep. and something that needs to happen and prioritizing that. So before I go shopping for my new Gucci flip flops, I'm going to get my, your headshots, photos your done. LinkedIn photos. Yeah. And no, that's another thing. Okay. This is a tangent as well. When a client tells you, oh, can you do like $30 off, like $60 off? And then the next day you see in their story that they went to Little Italy at the best joint in town. What is that shit? And how do you deal with that shit? That's insane. <sighs> I mean, that's why I don't You would cave. door dash <laughs> if you were that committed to your work. I mean, I don't cave. I just fucking set my price. And if you can't I do know. it, then hey, man, so be it. Here's this person. All right. Well, shit. So one thing I do want to ask you, let's say this is the 18-year-old fresh out of high school, doesn't know what they want to do with their life. Which was like six months for you, right? (laughs) That's fucked up, bro. That's a joke. We got dyslexia. (laughs) Fuck. Um, So Stormy. I'm going to look like this until I'm 30, and because I'm half Asian, I'm going to crack when I'm 60. I'm going to look like the old little woman in Pocahontas. I know. So Stormy. If this is you, look. Pocahontas was a Native American. God damn, Berta, stop fucking my question up. So no, let's... it's from the the Willow Woman in Pocahontas. Oh, not yeah, Pocahontas you're right, yourself. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So this is this is Stormy looking at you, okay. five years ahead of your career. Mm-hmm. What would you want to tell yourself if you're looking at yourself right there in that camera? What do you want to tell yourself? What advice would you give yourself? In the creative space, you're just starting off. Yeah, you're, you're fresh off the boat. Yeah. Let's get her going. <laughs> Why are you laughing, dude? That's just fresh off the boat. She worked Born in and raised ship. in Cleveland, Ohio, first of all. She said fucking cruise ship, bro. Man, you guys are wasted, bro. That's tripping. <laughs> that could have gone so many ways. The listeners are not thinking what you're thinking, bro. What do you give yourself as advice? Like, you're just starting off in the creative world. You Damn. picked up a camera. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. your advice to yourself? Yeah, yeah and it, it's hard because you... you I don't regret, you know, there's been instances where I feel like things haven't gone well with clients or the work I produced wasn't up to the caliber that I would have wanted it to be. And I'm glad I made all those mistakes because it's so ingrained in my mind now. Um, But I guess if I could go back, it would be to um, have more dignity in terms of setting boundaries for yourself. Um, There's certain things that, you know, I forget that I'm also adding value to my client. So it's not just I'm getting paid to do something. And I think when my first job I ever worked when I was 15 at a grocery store, Gordon's Food Service, bulk food. Gordon Ramsay? They had a plaque. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay, I wish. (laughs) That would be cool to eventually do like a Michelin. I love, I'd like to get more involved in food videography. I think it's so cool. What are you doing, donkey? (laughs) Video and food. Videographing food is so much different than videographing a person. Like you got to make an inanimate object seem like super interesting. Yeah, I'd rather shit a human being than fucking food. (laughs) That's just me. Yeah, I go back and forth. I try to be like a jack of all trades. (laughs) But um, yeah, is... um, you're also adding value to them. So I'm a big respect is not earned, respect is given person. And some people might have a little bit of different opinions, but Gordon's Food Service, that first job I ever when 15 destroyed my dignity because they had this golden plaque in the back of their thing that said, the customer is always right. 
Oh, and no offense, but that is bull to the <laughs> shit. That's bullshit to me because, um, you know, Can you, you call know him the fucking COVID, bro. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. trying to, she's trying to spit Jesus some bars right now. Yeah, but you know, you know your value, and you know how hard you worked for that value, and it's it's a two way street. Um, and so to view yourself, stop with this imposter syndrome, and be like, you always have to be reevaluating yourself, and be like, okay, this person paid thirty five dollars for a shoot. I'm gonna give them eighty five dollars, and if they you know, heavily complain about this $35 shoot. Like you, you want to collaborate with that person and get across like, where am I going with this? I think you should edit that out actually, because <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds horrible. Um, yeah. Okay. If I could give advice to my f- past self, it'd be mm-hmm. to set boundaries within yourself, maintain your dignity, get past the imposter syndrome and just keep going. You're going to hit plateaus naturally. Let yourself yeah. feel those plateaus. Let yourself not work for a week. DoorDash, do whatever you can and just like let yourself feel that out. Um, be a little bit more self-disciplined with your schedule. Um, and what else would I say? Just um, work towards professionality as much as you can. Um Perception is everything. And I, I ran away from that quote for a long time because it was mm-hmm. given to me by a boss that I didn't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily agree with the way he treated me during my job on the cruise ships. But that stu- that quote did stick with me because it is only going to be advantageous for you to um, keep leveling up in terms of what you're giving out to the world. Because this job is like, it is for the money. But it's also like, what stamp do you want to leave? We have this one life. And if it is coming from the heart and you can put something out there and be like, I did my best given my capabilities. Um, stop telling yourself, I could have done better work. Um, but you're not you're not at that legitimate time frame to be able to do that work yet. And be like, yeah, I did what I could given my abilities and I'm satisfied with it. So stop being so hard on yourself and having this imposter syndrome and Love don't that. let that adversity take over your entire dictation of who you are as a videographer. I love what you just said because it's like, at the end of the day, man, it's artwork. You know, if you're a photographer or videographer, that's your timestamp, whatever the fuck date it is, you either um van gogh your fucking rivera your fucking um aristotle who the fuck artist you are it is value to whoever hired you at the time and they're gonna value that and you gotta keep up to that um valuation and this goes back to like charging whatever you want to charge is it is what you think your value is you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like can you pick a bit up piggy a bit or, um, um as far as the kind of the valuation of like your, your kind um, of like the imposter syndrome i would yeah. i would pick back off how do you get rid of that shit <laughs> bro stop consuming shit on social media there you go i mean plain fucking english it's so easy yep. um yet hard because people are yeah. so addicted to their phones first thing that people when they wake up the first thing most people do is go on fucking instagram yeah. And your and your mind's freaking spiraling out of control because you're getting so much information, and yep. there, I believe there is such thing as information overload, yep. inf- information mm-hmm. anxiety. Um, so I would for sure try to stop consuming a lot of shit on social media, man. Consume yeah. the good stuff, like consume educational stuff. I'm always reading about shit that I don't know about when it comes to business. Do and one thing every day. Yeah, one thing. Yeah. Um, and then here and there, yeah, I'll dabble into some videographer that I see because my algorithms naturally go towards the creative side of 
artist, I guess. Um, I don't really see a lot of bullshit on social media. So you can't control what you could consume on your social media. So that's something that most people feel like, oh, yeah. I see a lot of negativity. I'm like, no, you could fucking control that shit. Like, yeah. stop fucking crying about shit. True. Change your shit. Literally, there's a three dot thing. You click that shit, put show less of this, and yep. you will stop seeing less negativity. It fucking works. Yeah. So, yeah. and if you do see something that you do like, just fucking save it and you'll or, or like it. If you yeah. even if you like it, you'll see more of that. Be inspired. And one of my um one of my favorite quotes by Bob Dylan is um inspire people like if 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 you're not inspiring them what are you what are you doing sorry i forgot exactly how it goes but and that's all it's about and i think we we overuse the word society a lot like society wants me to do this society wants me to do that it's like it's all just how i interpret it like it's funny Mm -hmm. because you can put out a video and someone can look at it and be like i feel like society's telling me that i need to level up my videography game it's like why you can just change that change the perception of how you're receiving that video and be like oh, this guy's just, you know, making a living for himself. He wants quality work. If I want to do that, I can. If I don't want to do that, then I don't have to. So it's also like changing the perception of how you view that media. Of course. And is it it actually so negative as we perceive it to be? Or is it inspiring and it can't, can it be inspiring? So my my final question for you, Stormy, is um, what's your end game? What are you looking to to um mm-hmm. to give out to this community that um is San Diego now because you're from here now. Yeah. Um what what's your end game? Like what are you trying to like um she, portray? she wants to do doc doc styles. Mm-hmm. So what 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 do you doc so what Alberta just said, docu style, what's your end game with docu style? What do you want to yeah. do that? Do you want to like, see yourself fill? winning an Oscar one time or oh, I don't think so. Um I'd be Come open on, to it. If, if that mountain comes I'm climbing it for sure. Um, what's your passion like what are you yeah. like really like okay if i get the opportunity to do this like i'm going balls deep bro like, clearly you haven't no listened to the whole fucking fuck. you, clearly you weren't present she said narrative document Girl, style i'm saying hold Cleveland on i'm saying Erie. i'm saying um a river caught on fire in 1962 oh yeah is that yeah. yeah ford uh rockefeller he didn't start in chicago he actually started in cleveland before the clean water act and he was just dumping oil straight into our river and kind of like cigarettes we didn't know how dangerous that potentially was and all of a sudden like i think two ships rubbed together it sparked and we have a picture of um lake erie on fire and that's what we're infamously known for we're not proud of it but it started the clean water act and that's why we can enjoy um the rivers now more so than in the past anyway um your question was what's your end game like what are you striving for like out of Mm -hmm. everything like what do you want to what do you want to accomplish so when I first signed up for the Art of Documentary, I actually paid for um, a private call with Mark Bone, the guy who makes the doc, yeah, the course. And I was very worried about my legitimacy in documentary, having not having, uh, obtained a journalism degree at a university. And he told me, he looked at me straight in the Zoom camera. He's like, Stormy, get that word out of your mind. Get that word um that you're not legitimate out of your mind like i am validating you right now like go ahead and just start creating and start getting people's stories and i would say i had a very um raw childhood i saw a lot of pain i saw a lot of sorrow and i saw a lot of the real world and people struggling and i wanted to make sure that i translated that in whatever work i do so now i'm doing more real estate and what have you but um, my end goal is to tell the stories of people who you necessarily wouldn't maybe know about who don't have the money to get their story out there because I think it creates ultimately like 
I want to create a more empathetic and compassionate world, a world full of more sincerity and um, understanding. So to be able to someday actually make a living for some company or if that's on a freelance basis through funding and grants for someone to be like, I want you to go out and get this story of this person. It doesn't have to be third world. It could be right next door to me. Um, that would be amazing. Um, and there, there are possibilities to do that that aren't necessarily always like the go to Africa or the, you know, which are amazing as well. Um, yeah, and that I guess that would be my end game. But also maintaining this jack of all trades. Like I'm a videographer, yes, but I'm also a surfer and I'm also like love to do heels dancing and I love to paint and I love to cook and I love to fuck around with my friends. So not pigeonholing me. I will succeed in life if I don't pigeon myself into one thing forever and ever. And that that's where I see myself being into, being a part of everything. Well, sorry, dude. Thanks for sharing a lot today tonight it was pretty dope man like really appreciate you having being here in this podcast and uh like i said being the first female creative and hopefully we could encourage any female creators in the area or if not who is down to make the trip to oceanside um to be part of the potter you guys are Um, out here yeah definitely definitely but uh let's fucking move to the front of the week yeah let's go frame of the week so the frame of the week this this week is going to be at Fuck, I don't even know how to say his name. <laughs> Ke- Ke- just... It's like Kieran shoots. You'll see it here in front of Stormy's face. Uh, and this was shot in Solven. I'm not sure where this is at. But anyways, what do you think about this Jones shot? Dramatic, bro. That uh, point of view, the peak. We always say not the center of attention, but damn, that's the center of attention. Stormy, you're, you're a droney. So what do you think about this shot? Oh, man. I mean, it is center frame. Um, but in this choice, in this particular instance, I think that was a really good compositional choice because it's just so stark. Like when you see a mountain, it kind of looks like it's, a hard nip. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like, um, <laughs> like the no, grid, like shot. the Grinch, like kind of like that. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's obscure. Uh, appreciate you, Karen. Shoots as always. Uh, uh, if you want to be from of the week, just tag us on your uh, heaters. And um, I didn't mean that as an insult at all. It's no, of course not. Shot. It's just. It, I think it's unique because you don't see a lot of rock formations like that that are yeah. super pointy like this. Yeah. No, never, never. Uh, well, Stormy, where could people find you, and how could people connect with you? So. Yeah, so you can find me at, at Stormy Captures on Instagram. It kind of sounds like I came up with it because it sounds like my Stor- last name. So the gang out there, um, Stormy is her real name, by the way, right? Yes, it is. That's I a was sick adopted name. with the name. That yeah. is a fire name. Thanks so much. That's a fire name. I, I do enjoy because I often forget that my name is Stormy until someone brings it up. Um, and it is something that I think people remember so that's an advantage but yeah Mm -hmm. kadar sounds like captures and i wanted like i think you have alberto visuals i think you have peter collins yeah in your name so i wanted it to have that kind of essence of like they know what i'm doing so stormy captures on instagram or stormykadar.com um you can find me there and you can book some videography work if you would like awesome awesome p where where can people find you about petercollinframes.com petercollinframes on instagram where can they find you bud and people can find me on instagram at a underscore mendoza underscore and on youtube alberto mendoza are you do you do any youtube like do you we didn't even ask this do you do any content for yourself Mm -hmm. to like express yourself i know you're i know you're writing a lot for your doc yeah but are you creating anything in the meantime? So I have a whole Google Doc game plan of things that I would like to do for myself. 
it's just I've just been spending so much time behind the camera and there's always things that I'm you want to stay on top of your editing game no one wants to be the editor that has six things that they should have done last week and then you have another six things and then it just becomes this never-ending cycle so eventually when I find the time yes I have this funny video that I would like to do called yoga for videographers it's just like I think the best way for me to get comfortable and with serious subjects in front of the camera is to do stupid shit. So we okay. could all use some posture alignment here with the videographer community. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be funny, it's going to be witty, it's going to be kind of stupid, but it's also going to be very insightful and helpful. So, so okay, it's going to come eventually. You're a very small frame. How is it for you to carry? I know you still have light <laughs> gear. That's a good question. Yeah. How heavy and how much how taxing is it on your back when you're carrying a gimbal? And your camera. So I have a, you know, I'm a crop sensor with a Zhiyun M2, which is a small setup. My friend has full frame with a Ronin S. And that thing is, yeah, it's yeah. it's difficult. And the people who do, I see the behind the scenes now, people who do the, the rig, yeah, The rigs. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The easy rig. I have no idea. And I carried for New Zealand. I backpacked with, like, the hip straps and everything Damn. for, like, a, a year. And, um... And that was this thing I was worried about as a female small frame videographer is also another thing you have to deal with is like, I, I was scared of height. Like, oh my gosh, like, am I not going to be able to like, you can just step back. Sure. And then you can crop in right. like with quality. Um, so we got that 4K, so baby. <laughs> I, it, just, it, it just means that I have to consistently go to the gym. I got to go to the there gym. You go. There more. you go. So. Adaptation. No well, excuses, shit. right? Well, Stormy, thanks for being in the Potter. <laughs> um, Thank Pete. you guys for having me. I'm gonna end this. Uh, this is gonna do for episode number forty-two of In the Frame podcast with Stormy. What's your last name? Kader. Kadar. Kadar. Um, you guys can find her uh, links in the description. Uh, co-host Alberto Mendoza, your boy Pete. We'll catch you on episode number forty-three. Deuces. Cheers to that. Peace. <laughs>